Hello, everyone. Happy President's Day. Happy Family Day here in Ontario. And welcome to the Ion Cannon podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in depth discussion on the lore, the High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew, and I'm coming to you from the Underworld North Studio in Toronto, where we celebrated Family Day. Uh, as always, I'm joined across the continent by your friend and mine, Mr. Joel Davis in Underworld Orange County, where they had President's Day, apparently. Uh, Joel, how are you doing on, on this fine? long weekend i wonder if they have chancellor's day in the republic like they have a day just to celebrate all the chancellors they probably do i mean the empire day palpatine day well every day is palpatine day in the empire (laughs) every day is palpatine day (laughs) especially ezra's birthday uh there we go Uh, this this week you know realize we should have could have done something on presidents or chancellors could have done something on family uh and so we're talking about death (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there we go. That's where legends we'd be talking about Chief of State Day, because that's what Chief the New Republic State. called it. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, yeah, but this week instead we're talking because it's also the the for the Monday after the first Sunday in Lent. So we were talking about life, death and decay that feeds new life, warmth, cold, peace, violence. Uh, Ash Wednesday and the week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the circle of life. There it is. Uh, so Ash Wednesday and the weeks that follow are a time to reflect on mortality, life, and the struggle for meaning. Star Wars very often grapples with these themes uh, as well, notably through its storytelling and through its through its characters. Uh, it does. It's one of the big ideas that Star Wars has always grappled with since 1977. So this week we give you an extended theology time. Lent edition. Before we do that, got a bunch of things to get through, including plugs. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Iron Cannon Pod. E Y E O N C A N O N P O D. Uh, here on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, we got memberships, we got super chats, we got comments in the comment section, we got all that fun stuff. So please do uh, chime in. And it, with the super chat, you support the channel and go to the top of the list in terms of uh, things we address. Uh, in terms of answering your question, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Also, the Star Wars Underworld Discord server. Uh, Joel and I are in there chatting all things Star Wars, chatting all things Marvel, Star Trek. Who knows what? Uh, I got a, a bit of a soccer stream in there too. Channel in there too. If you wanna wanna chime in there, so yeah, check the the link down below. Uh, Joel, what kind of events are going on in the Discord server these days? Uh, last week we had a fun round of Overwatch with some of our friends. Uh, this week we'll be taking a break, and next week we haven't decided yet, but I'm leaning towards another continuation of our marathon. So we can watch more Young Jedi adventures. Yay! Yeah, on that note, I'll, I, this should have made, it made sense in the uh, week in Star Wars, but I did watch the, the Young Jedi adventures episodes where they go to Batu. Cool. Very, very interesting little little Galaxy's Edge nostalgia there for me. Uh, also this week, uh, Wednesdays are for comics. Comics are for Wednesdays. Chris Abbott and I every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Dive into whatever comics came out that day. Uh, so, you know, comics, of course, come out on Wednesdays. And so this week, there's just one book ongoing, number 43, uh, the end of that weird Luke, Kyber uh, Crystal Sith thing happening. So what we're also going to do is talk because we want to. I will bad batch because we want to again. It's coming out. Uh, I'll get to that short, very shortly in a little bit, but yeah, check that out right here on the underworld YouTube channel and everywhere else. Uh, we, we, we spread our, our love around here, our podcast love around on the Star Wars underworld YouTube or podcast network, uh, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, etc. 
um yeah right here 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific wednesdays so it should be should be a good show we've had a good run so far so uh yeah and also by the way by the way i want one last plug for our interview with ethan Sachs from a week and a half ago uh, that yeah that went really well please do check that out right yeah again right here on the underworld youtube channel uh and also on the uh ion cannon spotify feed i i made an exception to bring that in i'm gonna start doing that more often very very soon uh some some things very right around the corner just uh some changes to to our social media presence and uh some other things so keep stay tuned for that we'll we'll make a make a fun announcement about that but uh, that'll include putting tractor beam on uh on the the spotify and apple podcasts feed as well so yeah speaking of which if you're if if audio is your speed i mean welcome to watching the live video right now but if you prefer an audio only version of the iron cannon podcast go to spotify or apple podcasts and search iron cannon and it should get the this this logo here ring ring in blue um the this marketing guy and uh yeah that that should have will will have all of our episodes from the last two plus years uh all 99 of our episodes, uh, 99 Clone right. Force 99, Clone Force 99. There we go, perfect so, before the Bad Batch. Yay. Yeah, good timing, great timing there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so yeah, check that out. And we'd be honored if you would join us. Alrighty, our week in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it's been, been a week. Joel, take her away, right? So, for this week, I found an interesting thread. By a Mr. At from on Twitter by Mr. Jaden at or I don't know, they could be them uh, at just J3N underscore. Um, if they are somehow watching this, uh, please feel free to comment below. I always feel a little weird reading people's Twitter thoughts without like if they have chance to rebuttal. But anyway, yeah. it's a particular. But you know, if you're in the comments or if you want to just if you ever want to come on the show too, always happy. Um, anywho. It's an interesting thread about the Mortis arc and a bit of a, a bit of a counter to our mostly positive thoughts from we did it. So I thought I would read a little bit of it. I don't know if I'll be able to get the whole thing, but I'll try to get the important parts. So let's go. A thread on the Mortis arc. This is the thread, by the way. Uh, and why I don't really like it, nor its implications on the Force and some ideas I had around it. After rewatching the arc, I don't particularly like that the arc's implications on the will of the Force, because like at first, I assume people misinterpreted people seeing the daughter as the embodiment of the light side and the son as the embodiment of the dark side. But when actually rewatching the arc, it became very clear that the arc doesn't do a good enough job to probably represent that in a way that lines up with what balance in the Forge should be and points to reinforce that belief that means equilibrium between light and dark. This, this scene with the father kind of sums up a lot of why I think the arc failed to convey the balance because rather than the idea of the natural cycle of life and decay, which we'll get to later, the writer choose light and dark sides of the force, which hold the different meaning than the natural cycle. Circle of life. And I, oh, I, I, he, I said that, not him. Yeah. Um, and I don't like the sides of the force being an equal... Uh, uh, I don't like the sides of the force being an equal being the concept of balance because throughout the film, the light side has always been shown to be balanced, the symbiosis of living cosmic force, with wielders of the light surrendering themselves to the will of the force. Mm -hmm. On the opposite end of the, is the dark side. has been about imbalance. The mere existence of the dark side user is a challenge against the balance because it's an individual not drawing on the force but imparting its will on it. Ancees shows the effects of the person's sanity doing this. A little picture of Anakin getting all mad and Palpatine's wrinkly face. 
So having an arc that portrays the symbiosis of the Force being light and dark seems really weird and kind of misunderstanding of the Force that could have been easily changed from life and decay and those aspects of the light side of the Force. Nice little video of Luke and Rey from Last Jedi. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, I think it would have been cool to represent the daughter of order and control and life with the sun as passion and chaos. Decay, the aesthetic of the sun doesn't look obviously e bleep and evil and Sith-like from the start. I also think it's really important to make clear that the sun is not the embodiment of the dark side that needed to be balanced within the light, but with the embodiment of passion and natural chaos that over time fell to the dark side. It's also important to show why both the daughter and the sun without other will have a logical end point dark side imbalance. Uh, let me just make sure. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it goes on. It goes, it goes on, on a little bit. <laughs> let me just make sure. Uh, let's see. They talk about the other stuff. Um, past maybe let's see. Talk a little about doesn't really okay. Uh, prophecy. Oh, we go. I'll just go feel to the end. Sorry, uh, Jaden, by the way, if you do listen to this, if you feel like I should have read the rest, um, again, you are always happy to comment. Heck, if you even want to come on the show, maybe we can schedule something. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're listening or if someone points this out to you, we, we are happy to have you on. Um, overall, I think the arc is interesting conceptually, and I like the story that dwells in the cosmic force, but I think just in execution, the arc failed to understand the force itself as it's both too vague but somehow too simple in presentation. Oh, all right. I'm going to take some water. You can talk now. Yeah. So what's interesting there is, is I, I mean, I agree. And, and I will get to this later on for the main topic. I agree in what, what he says about what the balance of the force is. I mean, I've said this multiple times. It isn't some, you know, equal light, equal dark, like even Luke says. It's the light being free and the dark being constrained. And so it's true on a surface level that, um, that, that scene with with the father and Anakin, you know, that, that father are trying to get Anakin to replace him. Uh, it's like hold the two together. It makes me think, though. I mean, on, on the one hand, oh, not on the one. It, on, at one level, you know, Mortis is symbol. It's mythos. It's allegory. Is that word? Um, you know, it, it is meant to be. It is going to be vague enough that we're never going to have a definitive answer what's happening because what's more important is for us to have these discussions and think things through and work things through and see what we bring to it um you know like like this thing there's many different possibilities of what this arc is right what i will say is this that this this twitter thread gets me to think about is what if what's happening there what the father has tried to do it's very clear one of the things he's tried to do is restrain the son it's very clear that uh, it's very much, you know, the, the son has a part to play in this cycle of life and death and decay. I mean, that's that's the thing. And again, I'll get to this later. But, you know, the, the weird thing about Mortis is that, it, you know, a day goes through a year or whatever and, and everything dies at night and then comes back to life. Um, and again, The Last Jedi goes into why that's important. Again, I'll get to this later on. But all I'll say is, the son is there, but he's restrained. I wonder if, if with the daughter, it's the fault. It's that she's beloved and free, and and needs to be free and supported in order for her to to have you know, have free reign to to bring balance to the galaxy. You know, that that's what balance is. And so, uh, yeah, I, I I see what what they're saying in this thread. I just it, yeah, I mean, it could lead to this the very kind of the the partisan interpretation of you know just 
you know, holding things. It's got to be one or the other. Um, This actually gets another thing we'll get at later is the flaws of the Jedi and the light side and the dark. And um, yeah, it, it could lead to that interpretation, but yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about this arc, especially is it's, it's what you bring into it. So uh, I, I, I don't know if I, I see the criticism. I don't think it's as heart sharp. It warrants as sharper one. It's Twitter. I get that, but yeah, that's, that's my, my response just probably because I enjoyed the arc so much and I actually do see that happening. And um my guess is we'll get some richer sense, hopefully something in Ahsoka season two about what's happening there. Um, You know, obviously again, they're never going to come out and say, this is what this means. This is what this is. You know, rebels uh, was a rebel season, season three or season four, whatever it was started, started, gave us a little bit more with Sabine and the archetypes, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good with it. But I, I get what the, I, I get the criticism. Well, I'll be very interested to see what Ahsoka season two brings because I've always sort of had my suspicions, especially. Well, now I have my suspicions, but back then I wasn't quite sure. But now I have my suspicions of like, I feel like Dave might be doing like a redux of Immortus, but in live action to kind of. But I do wonder if, like, looking back on it, you know, it's like, okay, what did we do? What could we done better? And now we can kind of really smoothen out. I mean, you know, that Morris was 2010. This is 2020. Yeah. Eight by the time. So he's had some time to mull over. But, um, yes, I uh, just wanted to share that. Thank you again, Jaden. Great food for thought. I'll, I'll say that. Great food for thought. And if, if this comes, comes across your attention again, feel free to comment or mm-hmm. even, you know, leave a message with us. We are always happy for talk and debate because that's the fun of it. So, yeah. yeah. That's my week of Star Wars. Um, that one's thread. What was your week of Star Wars? My week of Star Wars. I'm still reading through Escape from Balo. I gotta, uh, gotta get that finished before. Um, oh goodness, I have this in the notes. I have it in the notes. Uh, the the next book is coming out. Defy the storm. Uh, and yeah. I can't read Escape from Balo because it's not on Audible. That's true. That's so bizarre. I, I don't, don't understand that. Come on, Amazon, stop being this way. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and and so I'm I'm about halfway through Escape from Valor. Which, I mean, it's the it's the junior reader, but it's it's a chunky junior reader. It's a long junior reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Ram Jamaram, his character. Mm-hmm. When we we I mean, when we last see him in uh, Tales of Light and Life, and he's still not very self aware. He's still kind of bumbling, <laughs> uh, you know. But then, I mean, this is before the fall of Starlight Beacon. I guess that one set kind of before Phase One. No, it's it's set during phase one. Um, or yeah, and you know, so they're on Starlight and and whatnot. So then there's the fall of Starlight, and there's a year later, and uh, you know, he's back on Valo, and yeah, it's very clear they need to cast him. He's the older character. He's still technically a Padawan because everything got gets on hold mm-hmm. uh, with the fall of Starlight. Although the Guardian protocols, they just haven't caught up to him. It's it's fascinating to see yet another character shift uh, that they've written in that they've thought about how in this case he re, you know he he finds these three younglings who you know were part of the the Valo Temple and he's the one who has to actually instill confidence and lead while also be relatable and and say 
I don't fully know what I'm going, what I'm doing, what's happening, but I know enough and I have enough experience to, you know, to be able to, uh, to organize things, to welcome things and to, yeah, to, uh, just, just gather, gather these kids together and find motivate them on the way. The kids, they're very, uh, they're very capable too. Cause they're Jedi. <laughs> Of course, um, but in the Jedi in this era, which is saying something too. So, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, Skip Vello by uh, uh, who, who wrote this book? Um, why am I blanking on who wrote this book? Uh, is it George Mann? No, it's not George Mann. I think it's it's Justina Ireland. And it's, it's sorry, Daniel Jose Older and Alyssa Wong. I don't know why I blanked on that, but uh, yeah, that. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, I get I get one per month, one per week, right? One blank per week. But then holds older and also long. Uh, a lot of a lot of things that come back from from comics and whatnot that they've written before. So enjoying it. Um, gotta finish it. Gotta finish it before Defy the Storm comes out. Yeah, it's weird that they don't have it on audio. I don't know, Joel. From what I've said, from what you've heard, what do you th- what are you thinking so far with Escape from Valo? It seems interesting. I I some of the characters kind of pass over me because i don't remember any yeah. many of them to be quite honest but um i would love to read it in regardless just to, but i can't because it's not an audible uh which one is the next one is that the young adult or that yeah, uh defy the storms young adult one okay march 5th so March 5th. yeah yeah um, it, is, it is so weird i i don't i mean it's got to be some business reason or something they're not doing that but yeah who knows sucks Sometimes. All right. Uh, let's move right along, droning the podcast area for a little bit here. Uh, yeah, as Joel mentioned, Bad Batch is. I got the ticker up. I got the ticker up, guys. One day, six hours, ten minutes, and sixteen seconds away from dropping on. Woo! Uh, I guess that's unfortunately means it's going to be midnight Pacific and not. Uh, not. Uh, I, I really like the six p.m. Pacific drops because that meant. Uh, on Tuesdays because I think that meant 9 p.m. on 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, uh, you know on Tuesdays and just come home and chill and watch the episodes. That would be even more even better for these animated episodes. I think it would be just a nice chill Tuesday evening. But nope, I gotta find some time during lunch or dinner to watch these things because it's it's a three episode premiere uh, of the Bad Batch. Um, yeah, uh, I'll say I've only watched. I've only done a rewatch of one episode, <laughs> uh, and it was the Solid J clone because I wanna uh, the the uh, Cody Crosshair episode from season two. It's such a great episode, um, but also I I don't know who was saying this, um, maybe Dom or, or or Alex from Star Wars Explained. Someone was saying that you know the season's twin pillars. It's going to be Omega, of course, but also Crosshair. Uh, going to have a lot to do, a lot of character to do given that he was kind of on the sidelines for the first two seasons a little bit. Um, season two, with the solitary clone, he really has the shift, has the uh, has the come to Jesus moment, <laughs> if you will. And so, uh, yeah, looking forward to that dropping Wednesday at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, which is what it is. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, Joel, do you, are you going to stay up till midnight to watch this? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I might yeah. sleep in and just watch in the morning. I'm pretty yeah. good at not avoiding things, That's being right. able to. So yeah, but um, yeah. Let's any 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 last. I was minute... gonna ask you this. Oh. What what do you what do you got? Any any last thing? Okay. Predictions, speculations. Okay. Okay. Let me see. 
let, let's throw out a wild one. Let's throw out a wild one just because. Let's throw out a Quinlan Voss cameo. Because why not? It's not that wild. <laughs> so much coming back. Um, She's coming also, back. He's probably coming back. Also, are we thinking yay or nay on um, Omega being force sensitive? She got, got an M count? Got a high M I count? I think something like that, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, yes, I mean, there's, again, I keep saying this, you know, they're not going to tell us outright, but there is... I mean, they might tell us outright that she has an I high M Well, they might tell us that, but they're not going to tell us outright that this is leading to Snokes in a Jar, right? That this uh, is leading to Mexico. But, you know, just like with Grogu, I mean, there might be something to do with Grogu, you know? Uh, we'll see, but... Let's yeah. see... Yeah, let's uh, see. Skywalker say absolutely force sensitive. Um, trying to think. What else? Um, do we, anyone? Do, who do you think? Who do? You, well, no. Let me. We can talk about this later. But yeah. it's like, do you think any of the batch? Think all the batch are gonna die? You think they're gonna live it? They think they're gonna make it out? I think they're gonna make it out. I think they're okay. Um, okay. Let's hope for so. Mo- for the most part. Except for tech. Tech is the old tech. Is gone. Tech, I don't know. The tech can tech come back. We'll see. That's true. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. They're talking like he's dead, dead in the yeah, producing. That would be a better story just for <coughs> to say, okay, real a real uh lament of, of his his death. Um yeah, it's a good question. Do we think Ahsoka shows up in this? I'm hmm, good question. I don't know. I I've been kind of surprised. I'm gonna say no yeah. because this isn't has you know people say you know this isn't really this is like oh this is okay hang on okay this, this, this is oh well, no this isn't a Dave Filoni story and what I mean by that is he's not that involved in the mm-hmm. show compared to like say Ahsoka and the Mandovers mm-hmm. like this is kind of like he's producing it but I feel like he's very hands off in terms yeah. of like the direction and stuff outside of like hmm. maybe like hey you know. We're gonna do this in the Mandover, so maybe can you set this up here? Um, but I don't know. I don't feel. I don't. I feel like Ahsoka might not show up in this one. I do think. I mean, a better shot would be say Bail Organa or Mon Mothma. Ooh, yeah. Did Bail already show up in season two? I don't think Bail did. I think there was speculation. Wasn't there speculation that Rex was actually Bail? I don't. Oh uh, yeah. I I don't. No, no. I thought Bail showed up in the Senate in the Senate episodes. Oh man. Oh yeah. That makes sense. But like, like, okay, fair enough. Something more like maybe Rebel. Mama. Asma. She wasn't in there. there yeah, though. but like, like, like coalition of the will of the thousand, not the willing. <laughs> uh, delegation the two thousand. That 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 group and uh, delegation of two thousand. I mean, maybe Chuchi has something to do with that. We're definitely gonna see Chuchi. We oh, I hope so. I hope so. she had a huge role playing. Oh, uh, I guess or, I get... I, pretty pretty big role, I should say. I guess I guess we gotta talk about maybe the OG clone himself. Are we going to see young Boba? Yeah, I, I think. Well, it'd be it'd be a good good spread. I wouldn't be surprised, especially because uh, Omega. I mean, Alpha and Omega, right? I mean, there's the two unaltered ones, and given that their lives have such taken such different trajectories at this point, that would be interesting. Yeah. If we get Boba. I mean, we're definitely gonna see bounty hunters, so maybe yeah. we'll see Boba. Um. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anything else to speculate about except. I'm Are we see good... Palpatine? No, wait, we saw him in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we could see, we could see Snoke. <laughs> well, here's the, what. What do you think? Um, the security of the Empire. 
means? Like, what what's he referring to there? That's Along a good question because, yeah. like, you know, the 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 gut instinct is my immortality because I mm-hmm. don't want to die. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. What what do you think is like? I wonder what the front plan is to all this because I I don't know, man. Maybe mind controlled clones, but we kind of already had that with the chips. Um, yeah. I mean, or just everything to do with Tantus. I mean. We know the batch is gonna stage a rescue for Omega and Crosshair on Tantus, and so Tantus security is at risk. And and I do think, again, I don't think we're gonna say this is this Snoke in a jar thing. We probably won't get anything to do with Grogu, but we will get a sense of why Tantus is is so important. Yeah. I mean, we should. I mean, that that seems to distract with everything. Oops. So, do um, do you think we'll get enough episodes of Crosshair and the Batch reconciling if Crosshair is oh, going to be pulling the redemption and get some atonement? Um, atonement would be nice. Thank you. I, I'm I'm going to go on on the speculation here. Um, Cat and Boba capture Omega. Mm-hmm. Crosshair rejoins the Batch to go and rescue Omega. But Omega is able to rescue herself somewhat. Ooh, I like uh, that. I'm just, I'm just, just. I would hope so. Get some awkward reconciliation between Hunter and Crosshair, and like yeah. some Crosshair maybe realizing he did lots of bad things. Are we going to see Hunter actually be using his skills as opposed to what we saw? Because <laughs> I was watching a recap and how it went into the Clone Wars arc in season seven, and how he can track things in the planet on the surface and we never see that much at all which is fine i mean he has other he has other narrative roles to play but right yeah should we watch the after the pilot the aftermath which is like a mini movie it's really good yeah and it's got yeah. revenge of the Sith moments so that's cool it does but yeah mm-hmm. um excitement and oh i mean if mm-hmm. this has kind of been speculated around but like if omega has the force mm-hmm. she got mm-hmm. the high m count Yep. You know, we are about to see a, a Force-sensitive perhaps help out in a witchy, Drasomerian way. Mm-hmm. I, it would be cool if Omega and Asajj maybe got some stuff to do. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe, just again, more speculating, <laughs> the whole I wasn't going to kill you, maybe that that involves Boba. Or, maybe. Or, that... or Cad Bane, I mean, you know. They would know each other, so... <laughs> Like and, and, and obviously that means that she doesn't actually end up killing either of them because she can't. But they're already alive. They're still alive. Oh, yeah. well, oh, like, yeah. in a book in a show called The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so, so yeah. But yeah, Bad Batch tomorrow. Even though it's Wednesday, yeah. even though probably watching Wednesday, was still hooray! I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, about yeah, so yeah, midnight. Let's. Uh, I'll bring the counter back up. See see what we got here. Bring let's bring this counter back up. Deep. Uh, one hour, one day, six hours, one minute, and zero seconds. Let's oh, go. Coming up to one day in six hours, thirty hours. I can do math, guys. Thirty hours away. Let's um, go. The Star Wars TV hiatus is going to end, and weeks yes. of Star Wars on screen is going to be good. There we go. Yeah. Uh, quick note. I'm certain. Uh, the flagship is going to be chatting all about these. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Tractor Beam is also going to... We're just going to go into... Because we only got one book on Wednesday, so we're going to go into 
Bad Batch if I've had time to watch it yet is another question. Um, oh, but, aren't you? Aren't oh yeah, that's right. Wednesday, duh. Yeah. So, yeah, and then definitely Thursday, the flagship uh, right here on the the Star Wars Underworld podcast is going to be chatting all about the Bad Batch for sure. So stay tuned for that. All right, one little bit of news, a uh, little bit of news, small little bit of news. It's a big deal in in Bookland here on uh, in, in Paper Canyon Land. Hi, Republic. Avar and Elzar in Lerve. Uh, yeah. Lerve. Precisely on Valentine's Day. They make you kissy face. They, they're going to suck face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> precisely on Valentine's Day uh, last week, StarWars.com. Give us a description and cover of the next Phase 3 adult novel, Temptation of the Force by Tessa Gratton. I'll bring that cover up. Look at that beautiful cover by Grant Griffin, who, by the way, also worked on uh, Art of High Republic. Uh, down there, if you can see it, uh, I know the screen's kind of tiny, but yeah, uh, check out this beautiful cover by by Grant Griffin, and I'll just read the description out. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's sit tight. It's it's a, it's a fun one. The reunited Jedi prepare to strike back against the ruthless Nile in this thrilling sequel to Star Wars: The High Republic, The Eye of Darkness. For over a year, Jedi Masters Avar Chris and Elzar Man were kept apart by the Nile Stormwall. After Avar makes a daring escape from inside the occlusion zone, the star-crossed Jedi are reunited. But while the physical distance between them has evaporated, their shared grief over their failure to protect the galaxy from the Nile threat still remains. To rally the Jedi Order and the Republic, Avar and Elzar cling to their belief in serving light and life. Working together, they lead a daring mission into Nile space to liberate the planet of Naboo. And show those trapped behind the storm wall that the Jedi will never abandon them all. Going back to Naboo. So happy. Now back within close orbit of one another, the two Jedi Masters can no longer deny the bond that has always drawn them back together and made them stronger. After finally embracing their true desires and imbued with renewed purpose, glorious purpose, Avar and Elzer devise a plan to turn the tide of the conflict with the Nile once and for all. Accompanied by Jedi Knight Spell, Zedifar, Buryaga, and Vernestra Rowe, the Jedi begin their hunt for Markian Row. Uh, but to seek out the Nile's dangerous leader, the Jedi will have to survive the nameless terrors that they have thus far been powerless to stop. So it sounds like they're going back to. Sorry about uh, that. Yeah, so the, oh, sorry. Like they're going back to uh, back inside the occlusion zone. There we go. Um, yeah, fun times. Uh, it's gonna be interesting how I know with the High Republic Adventures they've figured out a way to get through somewhat. Anyways, uh, in the article, Grattan herself teased some things that'll be featured in the book, discussions about the nature of the Force and the role of the Jedi in the galaxy, forbidden Jedi romance, banter, daring lightsaber duels, generations, the generations old Graf Senteca feud. The Senteca is, of course, of Naboo, by the way. A messy Elzar ever any lore and hints about the history of the Roe family and the hit mysteries of the nameless things that were seated in phase two get to blossom. Oh my word. Oh my word. This, Very fun. This looks spectacular. I, I can't contain myself. I got to say uh, temptation of the force. It kicks off wave two of phase three on June 11th, 2024. Again, I, I don't like it's everything. I love everything. I want um, all just crammed into one. Adult novel, and of course, you know, Jedi sucking face, which is interesting. I don't know, but you know, the, the implications of that. <laughs> we'll see Jedi Master sucking face, which is even more still weird that Naboo's under the Nile control, though. That's a that's a weird one. For me. Well, 
it, it's interesting because uh, I mean, the Santecas, you know, I mean, with everything that happened on Jedi, right? They kind of both the graphs and the Santecas are kind of adjacent. I guess it's the Santecas who are in with the path of the open hand. So, uh, you know, if they of... really wanted to capitalize on this, the Santecas fall and the Jedi get help from another than House Palpatine. Yes, that'll be Where's, interesting. Where's House Palpatine? That's a, that's what I've heard. Is a speculation is that there might be a, a name drop here. Um, you know, and just thinking about the Sentecas, you know that they. I mean, in this period, well, even in the Force Awakens, when we see one, he hands a map to Luke Skywalker. They're cartographers. They they're all about hyperspace lanes and hyperspace paths. So of course, the the Nile are all about hyperspace lanes and hyperspace paths and different things. Um, they have these path engines that can get them through the storm wall. So all that, um, I, I gotta say also, every, you know, everything that Tessa Grattan has touched in High Republic has been gold. Uh, short quest for planet X, a closed fist has no claws, which is the martyr Rose story in tales of life and light. Oh yeah. And path of deceit with Justina Ireland, which introduced us to, uh, to the the one of the greatest characters of all time, Martyr Row, and the path of the open hand itself, one of the most interesting factions in all of Star Wars. I'm not exaggerating; I actually love it that much. So, uh, so yeah, uh, really, really stoked for this. Again, the more the more I think about, it, the more I read it. Uh, it's kind of too bad this didn't come out last week when we did our episode on uh, on shipping, but you know, we were, we we're going to mention Avar and Elzar, but I just didn't have time. But we'll definitely be able to next time, next year. Um, or next year's Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, why not? Um, and so, yeah, in Temptation, it's sort of part two of a Gratton doubleheader because, uh, as we mentioned, Defy the Storm, uh, which is the Wave 1 young adult novel with, with Justine Ireland, that's on March 5th. So I got to finish Escape from Bello. But, yeah, uh, after all this, um, and, and on another side note, just the tangent, you know, I mean, the young reader novels, I don't quite know how important they will be to the overall thing. If you will have had to read that before reading Temptation of the Forest, I don't. I mean, I don't think you should them. have to read it. I don't think you never read any different. of them, to be fair. True. Um, if you have read that, well, yeah, but really, I mean, they they do intertwine a lot more. Um, not as much with the young readers is kind of my point. Anyways, uh just jumping ahead, going ahead to June, uh, Temptation of the Forest. Joel, what, what, what do you think of this? <laughs> ah, it's cool. It sounds like Avar and Elzar are going to be making kissy faces and Vern's just going to have to deal with it. I don't imagine just Vern can have this look yeah. as she has Avar and Elzar go. I wonder if their love is going to do something. Either their love won't matter. I wonder if their love is going to do something incredibly stupid that causes the Jedi to crack down on Jedi sucking face with each other. That's probably true. That's possible. I mean, we know, uh, well, we, we know Padawans are allowed to explore these things, but ma- knights and certainly not masters. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it raises this interesting question. You know, uh, I mentioned with Ram, uh, Avar and Vern have both had fair, very dramatic. Um, so so is uh, um, Lula Talasola in, in Power of Public Adventures. Check out our tractor beam episode from last week for about, all about that. But um, Avar and Vern have also had very dramatic responses to the fall of Starlight. Uh, I mean, Elzar, interestingly, he stepped up and taken on 
the best of Stellan and the best of Elzar together. And you you see him in this in this cover with the gold temple robes, with the beard, with Stellan's lightsaber, but also still being messy, being passionate, being out there. Avar and and Vern, Avar has had a had to shed this, and that's that's in, in Eye of Darkness. She's had to shed this whole hero of Hetzel thing. Say, I'm, I'm going to wear brown. I'm going to go undercover. I'm going to do what needs to be done to to succeed in the mission. I'm not going to worry too much about the rules or about my image. I'm going to meet people where they're at on the ground. Vern is kind of similar. I mean, she was aspired to be the hero. She aspired to be out there with Avar um, when the Jedi are kind of closed in. The you know, Vern wanted to be out there and take action as well against the island phase one. She's kind of, I mean, she's still a little bit of that, but really wanting to, I mean, she's a pathfinder now or wayfinder rather. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, she wants to kind of go on her own a little bit. Um, you know, again with Avar and Elzar, like Avar was MIA. Uh, Avar was, was off trying to take on the Drengur and then, um, Lorna D when she was the marshal of Starlight Beacon and should have been on Starlight Beacon. And that's thankfully for the, to the, to the luminous authors have really, has really affected her. And they've really, they really brought that out. Um, they could have kind of ignored that lazier storytelling would have ignored that, but no, this is really being a major impetus for her in atoning for her absence. And so it seems to be, this is, yeah, this is where she's at. Yeah, again, Vern, again, just coming back to Vern. It'll be interesting to see, because we haven't had much of her yet in Phase 3. Considering she's about to cameo in a big TV series. You think well, yeah, that's 100 years later, so. I know, uh, you still think the book would want to tie that in. They kind of yeah, even... yeah, that's true. I mean, any kind of Vern mention is going to have that weight. No, mm-hmm. it's true. But, um, I well, to say, you know, I mean, this is the start of her actually learning uh, – Learning that she doesn't know everything, that she doesn't, you know, have it all figured out when she at age nineteen, you know, that nobody does, um, and so just to actually go figure out what she needs to do, yeah, yeah, like the question you raise, you know, what what is her take on this romance? It's clearly going against the foundations of what the Jedi care about in terms of their attachment to the Order, their freedom to go where the order needs to send them go where the force wills them uh, i'm sure they're gonna have to find some reason why the force is, is willing them to pursue these passions because it's they not... need to go naboo because house palpatine needs to rise to power that's i mean why... that lake house they... is just so romantic right i know it is. i mean yeah. for, especially for jedi there's a thing about jedi going to that lake house that's the Neberi Lake House, but uh, uh, yeah. Well, here's a, I, a question. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're wondering House Palpatine shows up. Who knows what House Neberi is doing? Is up to how strong they are or not in this in this time period? Um, yeah, we as we know Santeca. They're 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 the business. So anyway, uh, I've talked a lot about this. I'm so excited by it. Um, you have any, anything more to say about it? Nope. Uh, let's see what happens. There you go. 
House Palpatine. All right. So yeah, and also, uh, no folks in the comments uh, down below. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. If you're excited for for this novel to come out, uh, what you're excited about. What are you looking forward for doing Bad Batch? You know, we it's canon. We talk about it. It's Star Wars. We talk about it. Even if everyone else is talking about it too. Uh, everyone else and literally their mom is talking about the Bad Batch. Uh, you know, my mom Leave is comments. Yeah. Leave. In comics. Anyway, uh, yeah, let us Go let us know in the comments below. Alrighty. Alrighty. Shifting gears. We're gonna get that out of the way. <laughs> Let's shift some gears. Take a breath. Circle of life. I gotta, I'm gonna get yeah, circle of life. Uh, shifting gears, you know, because last week and just now did kind of our do about romantic attachment and Valentine's Day, and we talked a lot about um, even about those attachments breaking up and ending. But Ash Wednesday happened to fall on Valentine's Day, and so we thought, let's mark. Uh, let's you know mark Valentine's Day last week by talking about Lerv, and mark Wednesday this week by talking about death, <laughs> um, which you know I mean the two are intertwined as well, and you know it got me thinking, you know to to do a little bit of a I'll bring this up too. Let's say. Uh, you should get that exclamation mark out. <laughs> it's the wrong time for that. Um, and, and it, you know I don't usually do this. My, my old po podcast for Christ's sake, I would have lent series going on and uh so and, and i bring this up i mean it's important just to me and to, i think to a lot of a, lot, uh, a number of viewers uh, in the you know in the star wars fandom um but, but also because because as i mentioned off the top death and rebirth and the struggle for meaning given the limits of life is a theme in star wars for sure and so i thought we can pause to talk about it a little bit what is lent really about and what is it it's the the 46 ish days technically 40 days but 46 days between ash wednesday and easter it's all about preparing for uh celebrate easter the resurrection and and the, the new life that comes about because death a death has happened um and uh, it, it isn't meant to be so dour and, um, you know, it, it's gotten, you know, talking to uh, one of my priests yesterday, you know, he's saying in our culture, it's very, been very dour. And what are you taking on? And he said, it's kind of like a joke, right? What are you taking on for Lent and whatnot? Uh, Chris and I a lot on Wednesday talked about doing meat on Fridays or whatever. Um, it's really about, opening yourself up to new life and and it's it is painful to open ourselves up it is painful to uh to let go of things that just get in the way and um yeah and and, and i think that's something star wars has done a lot my mind immediately goes and this goes back to what we we're saying with mortis uh my mind goes back to ray and luke on octo and how the images in that thread yeah. so yeah, one of the images, specifically <laughs> that first lesson on the stone, uh, and and I quoted this off the top. You know, yeah, Ray, reach out. Uh, you know, if she feels the tickle of the, the grass yeah. in the, that moment, but then she really looks and really listens, and 
uh, I'll quote again. She 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 sees life, death and decay that feeds new life. Circle of life. Circle. The circle of life, but not so much. And this gets at what the mortis uh we're talking about with mortis. It's life, death and decay that feeds new life. So the cycle and the, the focus of the force is for the preserving and flourishing of life. It just so happens that there are things that get in the way of that. There are just even, you know, evolutionary biology said, you know, less uh, less viable strains, uh, traits of of a species. And I don't, and I don't mean to get into eugenics. This does not apply to human beings. Um, in the in the the immediate scale but you know for plants and animals and and the the way humans came to be you know darwin a good anglican priest that he was uh or yeah anglican theologian that he was so yeah that this is part of what you know has to get out of the way in order for life to be even stronger and that's the thing about the place of the sun that's the thing about place of de of death and decay in the economy of the light side of the force and the economy of uh, and, you know what all what all real world traditions hopefully have a sense about at least the ones that it went when they're oriented towards life and and the way to be oriented towards life have a way of grappling with the reality of death and accepting it and being serene about it because. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, eggs die, uh, birds die, they feed the soil, the soil sprouts up. That's that's the lions eat the antelope, the antelope becomes the grass, and the animals eat the grass. Yes, we're all exactly. connected in the great circle of life. It's a circle, but again, it, it's directed towards because the circle could also just be directed either way, and that's I think the criticism of, of the, the Twitter thread. Um, you know, it's directed towards life um you know we see uh yeah we see anakin and luke on the death star right we see um the son of padme writhing in, in the you know you know palpatine's uh force lightning sorry <coughs> on the ground there where anakin sees the son of padme writhing and says if i have to sacrifice my life to bring an end to this great evil in the galaxy in order for life to flourish again, I will do that. I have a feeling that wasn't Vader's thinking when he was doing that, though. I no, don't think he cared that much about that's the story. That, that's what George was thinking, right? I, I, I think, you know, that's... And, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe, sure, it could be in terms of... Well, I mean, she wasn't thinking any kind of wide, wide metaphysical theme here. He was thinking my son's in trouble i must save him yeah um, that's always the, but that is i mean that's you know the sacrifice of parenthood right <laughs> um, yeah. that and that is an evolutionarily ingrained impulse you know the only you know we, we you know we're so invested in our children and we're so protective of them and especially mothers i mean the, the whole the whole sense of mothers and, and fathers because that's our part in furthering the species. 
Um, you know, it's so, you know, when, when children are in danger, when you know, child poverty, child hunger, children in place of war and displacement, that is a failure of humanity. <laughs> that is a failure for humanity to fully be itself, especially with children. Um, you know, I'm thinking of one or two parts of the world right now where that is the case. Um, but more than that, in this day, more than that, but there's this the two that are, you know, you know, on on the headlines. Um, then also, and we'll get to this a little more. We have the characters of Loden, uh, Selen, Stellan to some extent, Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Um, why do they have to die? early in the story in order for that story to move forward. Uh, I think there's, it's different for each four, all four of them. I think with Stellan, we'll get to Qui-Gon a little later with Stellan. It's uh, so Elzar can really take his place with Loden. It's for bell for Obi-Wan. It's for Luke, obviously for Qui-Gon. It's for the Jedi order as a whole and for Yoda. And that's why we'll get to it later. But there, there is that, uh, there is that theme, that pattern that comes, keeps coming back. Is um, these characters, what their their last great uh, impact on the galaxy is the way they leave, and the way they leave it, and that I mean that that's the thing, the struggle for meaning. Uh, one of the great themes is you know, ideas that you know in, in Western Christianity is a good death. Well, not necessarily Western Christianity, but to say, oh, there can be a good death. How? It's if it's at the service of life. And so that's the thing. Um, you will get one of the questions you have, Joel, later on. Is death part of the dark side? Well, anything that is serving life is by definition part of the light side. And so well, that's I, I, my agreement, too. I'm not debating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's a, it's a question you raise. And so that's why I'm getting it now. Is, that is how you know the light can the light and life can take on death within itself that is i mean that's the mystery uh of easter right and i know that's a very churchy phrase sorry that's the the paradox the the thing that christians celebrate that uh the resurrection of jesus i'm just going to go for this theology says theology the resurrection of jesus contains within itself the crucifixion, the reality of Jesus' own death. And that's the hope in the end game. We're going to get to this at the end. The victory for all time is to say it's not, you know, it's not to cheat death, but it's to embrace it as part of the flourishing of life. And so that's what Lent is for. Lent is to remind us that we're all, we all have limits, we all have de- needs, we're all vulnerable. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's we all need each other. We all, you know, what, however you, you square this, uh, at least Christians would say we all need someone beyond uh, beyond us who made us and uh, rose us from the dead. Um, there might, you know, there's different ways of expressing that, expressing the divine. Uh, we all need each other. We all need to care for each other. and We need love um, and need to give and receive. And so, yeah, it, it's a time to really reflect and focus on that. And so Star Wars does uh, does a great job of that. And so 
with that, Joel, I'll, I'll pass it over back to you. Uh, pass the, the pulpit back to you and, uh, you know, death and beyond uh, in Star Wars. Well, you said everything. Let's go over. Let's go. And no, I was kidding. Uh, that was good. Um, okay. Well, okay. Kind of weird that we're going to kind of take a little bit of a step back from all the theology stuff and kind of get sure. more into the nitty gritty. Well, that's that's the idea. Is let, let's look at the stories. All right. So, death in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how has death served the narrative of Star Wars from day one? Mm-hmm. Funny enough, a New Hope is really the one with probably the most deaths in the least of the original trilogy. We'll start with the original trilogy for right now. Prequel's a whole different story. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of what I call very plot-driven deaths because these are deaths that are meant to kind of move the plot along. Uh, we got Uncle Owen, Aunt Peru, got Alderaan. Oh, we won, of course. Thanks, I forgot. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone else died. Well, I mean, all the pilots. Yeah, all, all, yeah, I was going to say the pilots. All the, all the pi- porkins. Red Leader, the original. Everyone on the Death Star. <laughs> Every Tarkin, Tarkin. Um, and you know, to kind of move away from the theology to kind of just more film, film critique. There's a bit of a weirdness some with some of the deaths in Star Wars, where mm. there's almost sometimes a bit of a weird weightlessness, and other times like the weight is like in different places. So if my buddy, my buddy, Red, our buddy, Red Leader was here, he probably might want me to mention this. Um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru are kind of a good example where you have the moment where Luke's seeing them and, you know, it's very sad. They're all charred, burnt. Mm-hmm. And then Luke kind of never talks about them ever, ever again. It's like, okay, my, pa- my, my aunt and uncle are dead. I, I'll come with you, Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Then you get Alderaan where, you know, Leia loses her whole planet. And then the next time we see her, she's just like, short from Stormtrooper. And the next minute she's yeah. comforting Luke when Obi-Wan's dead. Like, I can't believe he's gone. Mm-hmm. There's even a joke on Robot Chicken of Leia going, oh, I'm sorry, Luke. You lost an <laughs> old guy you only met for a couple hours while my whole planet is dead. Um, I mean, obviously, I think in retrospect with mm-hmm. the Kenobi series now, you can say she's now moaning Obi-Wan because yeah. Leia meant Obi-Wan when she was a kid, so she knows who he is. Um, there's a connection there, so retroactive continuity, yay! Um, <laughs> um so y- you kind of have these weird where the deaths matter, but also it's like Luke never feels like he, the trauma of losing his parents who raised him and we know loved him. Like, I never can talk about Uncle Owen and Peru ever again. I'll talk more about Obi Wan, talk about my own dad. Uncle yeah. Owen and Peru, eh, who cares about them? Um, you're charred and burned. Um, you know, and thankfully a lot of books and stuff have at least talked about the fact of, you know, Leia's feelings on Alderaan yeah. in detail, like Bloodline and Leia, Princess of Alderaan. No, wait, not Leia, Princess of Alderaan, that was beforehand. Um, Princess and the Scoundrel. Yeah. Thank you for getting that one. Mm-hmm. So that's a new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we move on to Empire. No one dies in Empire, at least not of anyone of a character importance. Um, Just which is weird because we think it's it's the Empire Ascendant, but I mean, Han gets frozen carbonite, yeah. and you know, it's like, is he dead? Is he not? Oh no! Mm-hmm. But it's like, no one actually dies. Right. Luke loses the hand, but that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. and then Return of the Jedi. You know, that was that was that was one. That's one of the big stories, is you know, Kasdan and some of the others thought, you know, maybe someone should die to add a little bit of drama. 
And also because we don't really know what to do with Han Solo. Right. And George is like, no, I want everyone to live because I just want to let me everyone live. Happy endings, all that good stuff. Except Vader, of course. He's got to <laughs> die. Uh, no, we got the Force Ghost. Yeah. We got the Force Ghost. You know, that is a, you know, happy yeah. endings. And so it's it's interesting kind of death <laughs> kind of goes away in Star Wars in the original trilogy really quickly after the first one. Which, um. Mm-hmm. Prequels are different because a lot of people die in the prequels, and probably because it's got to there's there's got to be some death because the story demands it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, Qui Gon dies because we don't see him, and you know, Obi Wan's supposed to train Anakin, so there's a there's there's reasons for the story reason for that. Mm-hmm. Anakin's mom dies, attack the clones, and uh, how many people die in Revenge of the Sith, Matthew? And sixty six, precisely yeah. sixty six Jedi die now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, there, there's a little bit of dinner in Revenge of the Sith. You know, you know how it yeah. goes. Um, you know, you know, you know, with the Water Sixty Six, everyone pretty much dies. <laughs> um, well, you know, we know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so it's like that movie is death, the movie. Um, so you know, that is that kind of gets you the weight of like, oh shoot, like everything's going downhill. It's all going downhill, people. Well, that's uh, the trajectory of that film, right? Oh yeah, of course. I know. I know. I'm, 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 I'm making fun, but yeah. So that's kind of comes back again in a weird, big way with the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the newer movies, it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes people, I'm not going to go over all of them because there's so many. Yeah. Um, but I guess Luke Han and Leia kind of all die. Uh, you know, on his true. big sacrifice, uh, Luke, of course, his sacrifice, mm-hmm. Leia and her sacrifice. Although that was more because Carrie passed away. Yeah, I have a, I know for a fact that in the only version of the script where Carrie was still alive, she, Leia was actually supposed to outlive all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of as the last bloodline Skywalker remaining, right. uh, probably to oversee the next generation. Kind of the last mentor figure. Um, so there's that. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> There's all sorts. I know everyone's like, oh, sorts of controversies and stuff. Silly as it is, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, then it's kind of individually, some characters die because, you know, it's like they don't really need to be there. Or with Rogue One, it's like, I think that's important to the story's weight. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the history of deaths in Star <laughs> Wars. And, you know, we'll find out soon with Bad Batch where that falls. But, um. Tech, yeah. <laughs> Tech, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. let's let's start with a new hope because mm-hmm. I think that to me is sort of the interesting one in terms of we have some big deaths in Star Wars with Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru and Alderaan, and yet there's always that kind of weightlessness in yeah. in it, at least in the long term. In the scene itself, it's fine. It, it you know, it's like True. Luke has that very sad face. But the fact he never talks about yeah. his uncle, aunt, and uncle ever again—like he never brings them up, and he he has yet to bring them up in any Luke-centric stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he brought them up in the comics anytime soon, and I just haven't seen it. But um, only in the that Kenobi comic, oh, that's like, the Kenobi flashback comic. Ah, that's too bad. But it's like it's it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, jeez, Luke, did you really hate your aunt and uncle that much that you never talk about them ever again? Yeah. It it's kind of weird, and then. At least with Leia, they kind of reconciled that with like showing her in books and stuff later, like thinking yeah. about all the wrong. But that's sort of like the weird how the death is executed. <laughs> death is executed huh. um, in in A New Hope as kind of the foundations. Yeah. Do you want to start? I'll drink yeah. Well, you mentioned weightlessness, right? And 
Luke at the beginning of of the film, you know, he has this weight on him. Literally, he's pinned to Tatooine. Right. Not literally, but you know, you know, he he's stuck. And the whole point, uh, yeah, is that he he, you know, Owen and Brew you know, are are barbecued. Uh, so that that's the moment of decision. Oh, I'm going to go to Alderaan, one right. of the ways of the Force. Mm-hmm. Then on the Death Star, Obi Wan uh, dies, and, and that spurs Luke on to join the really be part of the Rebel Alliance and um, whatnot. Yeah, I think if there were uh, if there was more script involvement, if it was written today, written by say luminous authors or who knows what, there would have been more of that. There would have been more. You know, like we're gonna see in Bad Batch, right? The implications of of those losses weighing on Luke more so. It does spur him on. It does spur him on to um, to seek a deeper meaning and a wider meaning of his first steps into a wider world. Yeah, Alderaan. Interestingly, um, in the Leia comic, how she that that pushes her into the spotlight. It pushes her. Into you know, taking leadership in the Rebel Alliance um, mm-hmm. and taking on more responsibility. Ultimately, you know that comic is about her in 2015. I think primarily. Remember, it's been nine years ago. Uh, <laughs> about her finding the remnants of Alderaan and, and bringing them together. And again, that that's her stepping up in the Alliance as well. You know, that's where we get Evan Verlaine, and, and she becomes the kind of the regent of Alderaan of New Alderaan. Um, yeah, I mean the the part the point with Alderaan is is I mean here's the dreaded word. Sorry, folks. My apologies. Please forgive me. Stakes. <laughs> um, Stakes. You know that the Death Star actually is. Yeah, I'm hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> Death Star actually is that dangerous and that powerful, and the Empire is that cruel that they would destroy an entire planet. And and that that's just it. You know, we're getting to death and the dark side and. Um, okay. Is that willing to control life by by dealing death on that scale? So. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think you know, I love a new hope, but it's like tell it's the '70s, and yeah. it's more of an action pop story where it's like we're not going to really delve into our psychological traumas. <laughs> um, yeah, and here's a comment here too. You know, and it's another part of it. It's possible that. He just doesn't have the tools to talk about it as much. Leia just doesn't have the opportunity to talk about it as much. Yeah. I mean, if you want an in-universe explanation, yes, I think I think that's probably the way yeah. you can write it. But you know, I I always like looking at the moment. It's like, yeah, I just mm-hmm. think there was like, oh, we just need to get to the next next scene. Yeah. Um, which is why I really like Last Jedi again because uh, you know that's yeah. kind of like let's actually do some psychological trauma on yes. Luke for 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 you know Ryan Johnson would have hammered home maybe Uncle Owen and Peru. In fact, that's, mm-hmm. there's my one criticism last year. I didn't talk about Uncle Owen and Peru. Even my beloved Ryan Johnson still does not talk well, about his aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of the evolution of death in mm-hmm. in the Star Wars films. Um, I, I do think that, you know, in terms of, like, stakes and weight, they've definitely gotten a lot better of, like, analyzing it a little bit and, like, yeah. let's let's deal with a little bit of the aftermath beyond, oh, someone's dead, move on yeah. to the next person. I will say, I mean, the only reason it was all, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, forgive me, whatever. I mean, Game of Thrones kind of 
put a damper on this, right? And so they kind of it becomes for the sake of it. Right? Oh, and I mean, then, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that that doesn't have to cause stakes. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying a new hope does it badly. I mean, it does perfectly. Yeah. I think it didn't. It's just you know, in terms of like the dramatic aftermath of a death, it's like yeah, Luke's character is a little bit hollow sure. because of it. Um, at least at that moment. Um. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the next next big thing about death that we as fans love to talk about yeah. death, like oh, death in the name of the canon, mm-hmm. and we always see this a lot when anybody who was not in the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, although we haven't done any, well, you know, we're about to with Acolyte, or now the sequel trilogy mm. isn't around. Are they dead? Uh, Soka's not Force Awakens. She dead. Uh, the Rogue One people aren't in the New Hope. Are they dead? Well, we got that answer. Um, yeah. uh, you know, um, Cal Kestis is in a New Hope. Is he dead? Is, is Luke technically not the last of the Jedi he would be? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think I think there's almost this weird thing we fans do whenever a new character is introduced, and because we don't know what happens to them or don't see, we just kind of assume, oh, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in some ways, I understand it to a certain extent because it is the dark times. It's like, sure. don't you can't really get much of a happy ending in the dark times because um, mm-hmm. the until the empire, because the empire's still out there. It's not like you can really find peace with long as there's an evil empire mm-hmm. still out there. I mean, maybe more so in the New Republic era because you know, like you know, did they yeah, could have just ended with Din just Jinjur and having a yeah, nice happy life. The- the overall, he got thirty yeah. years more before the first order shows up and screws everything over for a couple of years. I will say, you know, with a, to that point, you know, who could have predicted space whales <laughs> coming in? Uh, where's Thrawn? Where's Ezra? Well, that's where they are. We know they're. We know. We know exactly where they were. Um, and it, it is really good. I mean, that that's just it, though. Is thinking about Cal, for example. You know, tell us a good story. That's fine. Tell us a good story. If 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 their death fits with like i'm saying with, with with these other characters if it fits with who these characters are in the way they they support life and they seek life or you know with palpatine if if he his is attempt we'll get to this in a minute but his attempt to control life through death comes back to bite him okay tell me that good story ends up biting him twice yeah. <laughs> you know uh Tell us that story. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is is you know they don't have to resort to it, and that's that's the one of the great things about the Pergo moment in Rebels, right? That they don't resort to killing them off because it wouldn't have worked; it wouldn't have made sense in that time. And so they say, okay, let's. And of course, Filoni was probably thinking, oh yeah, this is Soka show I'm going to do, or movie or whatever one day. Um, yeah, it, it, it again the Game of Thrones thing is is. It has all the these... Thrones thing. I think this is well. More what of I a... mean is, is it has all these implications of raiding and getting out, and we think, mm-hmm. and so that's I think partly why, because we're we're now accepting. Well, that's just a thing you can do. It's just off them, <laughs> and no, their death has to serve life if they are a light side character. You know, I mean that's to I guess I can see why people with Akbar are like okay, um, that's why I love Holdo. I mean the Holdo maneuver. It's it's brilliant right so um yeah this whole plot definitely a plot they they have to get them they have to have a good reason for them to be out of the way 
to be not the main focus. I mean, this is the thing, but I like what they've done with Hera, for example, where she, they've dotted her in, you know, even in um, uh, what's what's the the campfire, the Masconada campfire animated shorts. Oh, uh, that one. That yeah. one. Yeah, the, she's kind of in there. She's on Endor with, with Luke, right? Forces of Destiny. That there. one. You know, she's on Endor with Luke. And then, of course, in row one, she shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She's in Alphabet she's, Squadron, too. Yeah, Alphabet Squadron. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. Well, and Squadrons. Squadrons. That's what I was going to Yeah, I keep playing. So, you know, there's other things you can do. I mean, that's the retroactive continuity bit. But, yeah, again, tell us a good story. If you're going to kill them off, tell us a good story. Why, too? Uh, Ahsoka, for example, I don't think Ahsoka is actually going to ever die. This is this is going to be uh, this is a whole other thing. This is a bit of a tangent. Maybe it'll get. I'll br- bring it up at the end here. But I wonder if she's going to be such a servant of the light that she's going to just be transfigured or something like some weird assumed into. I don't know. I'm being weird and esoteric there, but yeah, well, at this point, probably. Yeah, um, but um, I mean, you know, it is one of those things, right? I remember when watching Rebels, where they were with like, well, "Are Ezra and Kanan gonna die?" Because yeah. you know, Luke's Kanan. kind of the only. Kanan well, is Kanan a does... great, one of the great all-time great deaths in Star Wars, right? Oh yeah, one of my favorite. <laughs> but you know, I remember before then, it's like they thought, "Well, how you know, how's this gonna work?" Because you know, Luke's kind of the new hope here, and you got these two Jedi. We're kind of growing in power every day. It's like, well, what are they going to train? Or would Luke have more Jedi Masters than we know? And it's like, what's going to happen? And yeah. well, obviously, you know, Kane did die. Um, I remember people weren't happy about that. Some people weren't happy about that either. Um, and obviously, Ezra got space whaled. I mean, I, I think, I think Kanan, I was glad Kanan died because I think Ezra needed that extra push personally. I think he wouldn't have grown without kind of losing the mentor figure mm-hmm. not that i think you need to always lose your mentor figure to to grow but so like right. i think in ezra's case that probably helped that is the trope in the pattern and, in star wars right it gave is. him the focus and then you know with ezra it's like well they, they they found their way out to to get to get thrawn and ezra off the board because you know mm-hmm. i think the empire would have had an easier time if their most brilliant commander was around True. um and obviously there's another jedi running around so that's that would be awkward so it's like yeah i mean you know there is something to be said of like well when where are all these other jedi when the battle of endor is going on where are they um if they're act especially if they're active jedi you know if they're retired or hiding then that's you one brush foul you know you know if they're doing that stuff sure yeah. but it's like you know ezra was very active in the rebellion yeah. you know so it's like where was he when luke was around and obviously they had their answer, and you know, I'm glad because I was worried, like, oh, I don't want them to kill off Thrawn. He's only the original trilogy era. He's the post return the Jedi villain. That's where he's the coolest, and I got my wish. So, hooray yeah, for me. Um, yeah, but I'll also the, so I'll say, I mean, another thing to note where we're going to get more information about this path mm-hmm. of, of whatever you know, we got this in, in Kenobi, we got we're going to get it, we got it in, in Jedi Survivor. We might get something if we get a Quinlan shout out in Bad Batch, or we might get something there. We're gonna get more stories about that. I mean, that's that is an, the, just an interesting story question: is what were Jedi up to during the dark times? How do you be? That's one of the things I've always. I mean, that brilliant. Le, my favorite legend story probably is Dark Times, the the comic book run, um, because you know, how do you be a Jedi? What do you let go of? Mm-hmm. 
what do you say? I, I can no longer be a Jedi now. All that to say is, you know, do these characters have to die because they aren't in in this later thing? I mean, it's something that the storytellers always, when they're developing a new Jedi character, for example, or a new character, always have to keep in mind. I think, I mean, one of the things the Kanan story, for example, brings up is here's the criteria to us. What we need to assess is does this, regardless of what happens after, does this death fit well with the character and in that moment? And when he's holding back that all that gas or whatever it is from flying <laughs> at, at Hera, at his family, <laughs> you know, and the Force then rewards him by being able to see Hera for the last time. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, able to save him. And the world between worlds, Ezra's seeing that and doesn't go save him because it fits. Because oh, yeah. fitting, right? With with the character himself, regardless of what happens. They could have figured something. This is kind of my point. Is if it doesn't fit to kill them off, then they have to just figure something out. You know. Uh why yeah, why why is where's Quinlan? What's Quinlan doing? You know, where I don't know. Where are all these past Jedi going? Like, are they just gonna stay in hiding for now? Yeah. I do think though there's I mean, okay. So I think so with Cain and Ezra, it's it's the who have to think of something because they're active Jedi. Yeah, it's not like while well, these past Jedi, like it seems like they're just in a hut somewhere That's hiding. Kind of getting it. Literally Yoda in a hut, right? Yeah, you know, unlike and you know Yoda's like you know well, Yoda's kind of waiting around while well, well, these guys are like, no, we're done, we're out, we're yeah. we're, we're hiding. You know, I mean, you know, it, it it can it can go too far. Like in the legacy comics, there's like. Um, a, a junta, not a junta, Paul, uh, somebody else. Oh, I forget his name. There's a Jedi master who had like a secret order in like a part of the galaxy with like a thousand Jedi for like a hundred years. And it's like, where were you guys during the, yeah, and if you had an active organization, where were you guys the whole time? Um, you know, it, it can go too far. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Lucas himself thought, you know, oh, there's probably like a hundred of you guys out there in the galaxy, maybe just in hiding and Luke can find you and maybe like, you know, Hey, the, the empire's gone. You can come out now. You're, you're good. You're not going to get killed. As, um, uh, as Douglas Adams says, space is big. It is big. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you see the question, you know, one of the yeah. things Ahsoka kind of doesn't really answer the series is okay. Ahsoka was active with Sabine during the galactic civil war. Did what was she doing? Did she meet Luke during that time? Is there like a story we we don't know? It's like technically speaking, there was a force sensitive named Ahsoka mm -hmm. out there with Sabine and doing things during the the Civil War, and we know Sabine at least was yeah. partially part of the Rebel Alliance proper. So I think we'll get some of that in the Ahsoka season two. Probably get a little bit of that. I guess Ahsoka, like, where, was Ahsoka secretly on Endor? Like, she was, where she could leave with Padme's funeral? I mean, I'm sure Spiloni could probably make yeah. that happen. Um, but, yeah, you know, if I... If we need it to happen. That's the thing. If the character, if the character in... If he wants it to happen. Well, if he wants to happen. But, you know, say in Ahsoka season two, if where there are, I mean, that's the thing. That's we always have to get in mind. And I think that's the thing that this questions like do characters have to die because they aren't your next is a distraction from right you know it's sure we want yes we want things to be coherent and consistent i see the bad bad episode four 
It has yeah. to be the dark side, uh, the dark times. That has to be consistent. You can't have a whole whole gaggle of hundreds of Jedi around, you know. But um, you know, in Ahsoka season two, Ahsoka and Sabine on Peridia, what they're up to then, whatever backstory you fill in, uh, that's going to be determined by what they're up to in the story we're telling now. Otherwise, they would have just gone back and told that story instead, right? right. The fact that Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka and Sabine had kind of this falling out, the reason they developed that backstory is because it's important for them coming back together in season one. And and Sabine, we seeing this moment where Sabine finds herself and Ahsoka finds herself again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always have to remember that, right? That that yeah again this this lore stuff is fun but we're moved we're more compelled by what we see even if we don't know it fully right we're compelled by what we see in the actual story itself so yeah i mean that like no one has to die like again i don't think the bad batch have to die i don't think you have to kill any of them off Mm -hmm. you know will they die i don't know we have the next season we'll find out where's rogue one i mean i think i think they did i mean that even even if it isn't this is some logical linear thing, we we feel the weight of what they did and what they did to save the galaxy. I um, think it was good that they died. Yeah, Rogue One. I agree. I, I mean, that that's was... what I'm saying. Is is, is and and John Nolan them you know wanted them to die off. They were worried that Disney wouldn't let them, as we know. And as we know, Disney came back and said, "Oh yeah, well, why don't you kill them all off?" You know, he, he, it's not stakes, it's weight. There's a difference there. It's the weight of what they and so many others were willing to do in order to stop the Death Star threat and, and you know, literally called the Death Star. Uh, yeah. So yeah. good deaths is, is what I'm getting at here. Indeed. So I think that that uh, did we talk? I mean, we kind of talked about the death of the dark side, unless you want to go back to that a little bit or you want to go to the next one. Well, it gets into the point, so it, it, I'll I'll probably bring it up again. Keep going. <laughs> All right, so you know, we've talked about deaths, and now we kind of go back to our theology time, but this time we're going to talk a little about the dark side of the force, mm-hmm. which is the pathway to many abilities, some considered to be yes, unnatural. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, if the Jedi are all about life, sacrifice, circle of life, so they're all about clinging to life with no matter what, and you hold on to a dear life because you even, like you live via spite. Uh, greatest example, Darth Maul. He mm-hmm. lived because he was just too spiteful to die. He lived through sheer spite and willpower that when you see him, he's a freaking spider mall crazy and living in garbage. <laughs> um and a very poet I mean that's very poetic and evocative of his state of mind, right? Yes. Although Mother Talon fixes him up, you know, yeah. kind of gets mm-hmm. him back on his feet. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, get old old sheev old Uncle Palps, you know, he his body exploded, but yet through the power of all the dark and evil of the world, mm-hmm. he used essence transfer and you know clung himself to a clone body he had ready on Exegol, and it started wow. to decay and and wither, and it, he was trapped, and it was not fun. 
Um, which is one thing I actually really like about the whole Exegol clone thing. It's like, okay, at least there's a lot of consequences to your actions, pal. You didn't, you didn't get just a nice clone. Like, no, you got a failing one, and you're running on time. Mm-hmm. So you screwed yourself over even before you got there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the thing. Sis can't be Force Ghost. Sis can... The best the Sith can do is put their essence into, like, either into essentially, I hate using the word, into essentially a Horcrux. It's a Horcrux, yeah. you know? It's it's either a talisman or in Palpatine. Like, the Horcrux for Palpatine is his clone body. That is the best, yeah. like, it's the body, but it's, like, more of a containment for his actual... For his granddaughter. Es- for or his granddaughter, but, like, he wants to put his actual essence yeah. in it. And then, you know, when he, he takes over his granddaughter, the idea is, I'm going to subsume your personality, Ray, and I'm going to become you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have a nice Daisy Ridley body. But, you know, um... Mm-hmm. Or an Adam Driver body. Um, but, you know, this can't be Force Ghost, and that's, you know, it's very telling. You know, you know, one of the things in the Plagueis novel I was rereading a, a few days ago with Plagueis mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, this, the dark Sith of the past never really guide us outside of, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. just if you can find a talisman or, you know, if I did that, the best luck I would have if some schmuck found my amulet and I could just convince them. But they have to be so weak-minded that, you know, it's like, you know, it's not like I could just appear before my apprentice and like, hey, Palpatine, do more evil the right way, you know, and then go back to the dark side. In fact, in Legends, I'll read this and then we can kind of, mm-hmm. I'll let you stock, you know, yeah. uh, Dark Empire, Empire's End, uh, 1994 by Tom Veitch. Has the other empire's of, end, right. <laughs> uh, the, the the legends empire's end, yeah. where Palpatine comes back in a clone body. Um, you know, Palpatine talks about you know why he doesn't want to die, and this is what he has to say or think. Mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine does not relish the prospect of death without reincarnation. The emperor knows that disembodiment in the dark side is perpetual madness, as if to live forever like an open wound, experience terror without respite. Mm. But it's the fate Palpatine wants to postpone at all cost. Mm. So yeah, Sith don't like dying, and they do everything in their power to not die. Right. You may get. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's the thing with uh, with the dark side. What is the dark side? It's the attempt to control life through death, right? What is the light side? It's the flourishing of life, which can incorporate death. Um, you know, it's, it's as if, well, well. so on the dark side, it's, it's them control life mm-hmm. through the death of others if need be, but I can't incorporate li- death into my own life because that is a defeat and that is vulnerability and that is weakness and that is loss. And the inability to see that loss and suffering. Uh, I mean, th- there's the Sith code, but they're almost lying to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. There's only, you know, there's, there's no happiness is only pain or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, the reason, the reason masters inflicted on their apprentices is to give them something to overcome, right? Just to push against that, <laughs> to be the one to say, to crave to be the one to inflict suffering on others, uh, to be free of suffering at the expense of others. Uh, it's as if they don't get that their own lives matter enough that they, or, or, or that they, they, their, their lives can't come to an end because they never achieved what a meaningful life is. And that is the flourishing of life and the well-being of others 
uh, and yourself. Um, but it's if it's only consumed with preventing death, then does it is it worth preserving in the first place? And that's you know, and you know, that's what we see again with, with Palpatine, right? What with you know, why why Palpatine has to die, right? Uh, you know, again, he he's a, a character device, he's not a real person. When it comes to real persons, all people, their lives are valuable and meaningful. Um, you know, it's just that they, you know, the, the most evil characters in human history, it's that they've defaulted, that they've, like I said, it's a failure of humanity to inflict suffering on others, especially children. Uh, you know, it's a crime against humanity is why we call it that. Uh, why we use that, just that all or nothing phrase, a crime against the whole darn species. Uh, and yeah, and so, I mean, that's the thing with the Plagueis novel really shows that um, not only is it, uh, you know, that the dark side, it isn't about submitting to the will of the force, but mastery over the force, not just life, but the force itself, and the source of life. Um, I'm wondering, you know, if we get something with Balin, for example, and he's not a Sith, but he's clearly got some dark side, creamsicle thing going on. Whatever they end up taking on that story, you know, he's searching for that kind of mastery, that kind of power. I, I mean, it's this weird, sad irony that, uh, I mean, the you know, the the actor, I mean, he definitely <laughs> did lived a good life, and, and from everything we've heard, was a wonderful person who cared about others. Um, you know, but. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? That's not good. <laughs> Ray Stevenson. Yeah, Ray Stevenson. Um, but Balin, you know, Balin's skull, he thought the Jedi were weak because you know they, they had these ideals, but maybe he didn't fully buy into their ideals. Yeah, and so you know, it's also why this whole thing though is why uh, I can't subscribe to balance being you know, and the ideal state being this kind of let dark have its day let the dark side and tap into the dark side um that's the thing that's the difference there between a jedi that serves the light and the idea of a gray jedi or whatever is uh a jedi that serves the light can embrace death as part of life someone who uh you know is a gray jedi is this paradox where it's like it's a contradiction where sometimes you're you're serving the light and sometimes you're trying to deal uh escape suffering by inflicting it on others and the two just don't line up you can't you can't find a way there's no middle ground between those two so uh yeah i mean james Lucino going into it what one of the ways and the, you mentioned the talismans the horcruxes um one of the things about magic and, and one of the, the things we see in fantasy, I mean, magic can be technology, can be a tool. I use the one ring. The one, yeah, ring. The one Well, the, but the one ring. I mean, that this is. I'll get to that that point in a minute. Um, you know, the point being, it, it's uh, at least with the Sith, it's a means of control, and it's very convenient, compartmentalized. I can have this thing in my hand. I think Tolkien's point is whenever we do that. Uh, any kind of use of, or, 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 yeah, whenever we do that, we're changed in the process, and our 
we think it is just as simple as holding this thing in our hand and pouring everything in even even sauron and and uh the guy the guy his boss um Morgas. yeah that guy you know uh we're changed i mean we see this with this app that we're actually broadcasting on you know, twitter um you know the technology the simplicity of sending 240 characters out has really pushed us to think in very all or nothing terms and it's so easy so convenient to spew something out we think we're being proactive we think we're being helpful and, and it, we can be there are there's a place for that but we've been unthinking I'm, I'm just using this example you know the way techno even technology magic or technology or whatever when we think it's about having the right the best strategies and having the best influence and being a social media influencer and again there are good uses of these technologies and good uses of being a social media influencer and having good PR and good communications and all that. That's fine. One of the things interesting with Lent is to say, you know, Jesus says, you know, whatever you're fasting, whatever you're doing, don't actually be so public about it because that's going to defeat the purpose. <laughs> don't be so ostentatious about it. And there's a bit of a tangent here, but, um, I'll try and bring it back somehow. <laughs> don't be so. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think I can bring it back. I'll, I, I think I got. It. I got the way back. Don't use. Don't talk about your clone body on Exegol. <laughs> well, <laughs> as in, um, you know, I mean, I mean, the oh man, I don't know how to bring it back. This is too much of a tangent, but you know, the the, uh, the it's our, our use of technology, our use of our attempt to have mastery over having the most polished message really can affect what our, the, the integrity of our message. And so, I mean, we'll get to that with the Jedi in a bit. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing Palpatine really took advantage of. And, and it, was, it was so in, in consumed by, to the point where he, he, he has this fake image of himself, the, the kind, genteel uncle, Uncle Sheev, because as if his real life wasn't presentable, as if his real life wasn't, um, at least if the aim of actually appealing to people as a leader was a weakness and instead it could have been a strength. Although, actually, sometimes he does like showing off his scarred form, he thinks it's scary. Sometimes, but yes, he's very inconsistent right. about that. Actually, he's like, sometimes he does he did that thing in Rebels, and then for the most part, it seems like, yeah. like, you know, it's like, I'm actually a cis lord, I'm not gonna say I am, but I am, mm. I'm yeah. all scary and spooky. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. um. <laughs> Well, I mean, technology, I mean, look at the consequences of trying to do this, you know, especially on Palpatine's end. It's like when we see him in Rise of Skywalker, it's not like he's at full power mode sitting on the big, scary, spooky throne. Right. He's hanging on this metal back omen harness yeah. with, like, IVs and people, nurses attending him 24-7. And yeah. it's like he got a missing fingers and missing thumb right. it's like could probably barely move and it's like this ain't life this is pain why would anyone want this why would you want this for yourself do you oh my um mm -hmm. you know why would anyone want this i mean you look at even darth maul didn't suffer that much i mean he lost his legs right. like <laughs> at least he got ha he had half of himself um to go on and 
you know, and he guess, had a, a not the worst death either. Interestingly enough, I mean, when you explode, your body explodes. No, I'm to... talking in um, no mall. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, just thinking about him, right? He was able to. Oh, everyone confronted him in his hate, and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, and then kind of you got. Well, Brie was an interesting case because she kind of does the whole she yeah. survives stabbing via her own anger, but kind of realizes. So she comes back to the light pretty quick. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. you know, so you know, I'm I'm glad she didn't die, but like I'm I'm wonder if like oh I wonder if your head can't they're alive. It's like, yeah. well maybe she'll find some purpose. Hopefully they were do her sure. thing again. Um, I mean I mean guess you know, Anakin didn't die. When he got burned up, but like you can tell, his pro- probably his hate and the dark side were keeping him going. That kind of mm-hmm. spiteful willpower when yep. you're on a lava burnt to a crisp. And I know there's some books that say Palpatine kind of also did some dark side force machinations to like yeah stay alive when he found him. So different fan theories too. <laughs> there's some other stuff too for sure. Uh, but yeah, you know that's that's the dark side keep to keep alive. Uh, oh, here mm-hmm. we go. Uh, what is the uh, Thomas Balzer? That is the real question, isn't it? What is Palpatine's endgame? Is it ultimate power to get immortality, or is it immortality to get ultimate power? Oh. Well, I mean, if in the Tarkin novel, Palpatine talks about how pretty much step two is now basically become dark, shift society to a dark side mm-hmm. society where it's all dark side all the time. So, mm-hmm. I guess both. I think he sees them what as one and the same. Probably. I think the, the purpose, or at least the purpose of power, is to uh, avoid suffering mm-hmm. by inflicting it on others. Or, and if you have to inflict it on others, then so be it. Um, and so, like, it is the ultimate power mm-hmm. to be able to live forever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe not necessarily one and the same, but certainly uh, coterminous, if I can put it that way. But yeah, it's it's a, I mean it's a good point in that um he he accrues power more and more, even political power and constitutional power, but certainly a weird force magic power, uh in order to be able to live forever and be in charge forever. Um yeah. It's it, it's it's a good question. Yeah, uh well, maybe next week I'll get that Tarkin novel and take a look at the book to see mm-hmm. what it said exactly. Yeah. Um but I guess since we talked about the dark side, mm-hmm. you know, dark side ultimately loses and Palpatine lost his enemies won mm-hmm. because they got the victory for all time because Jedi can become force ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is to me, this, this is to me has always been my interpretation of that line victory for all time. I think some people interpret it as almost like a, like an ultimate battle between good and evil and evil defeat forever mm-hmm. akin to the, the rapture or something. But I've always, but I've always preferred this interpretation, not because I know they'll never do that. Yeah. Um, as Yoda wins, Obi Wan wins, Qui Gon wins, because even though in they physically die, they are so one with the Force, they can come back in the form of a Force ghost. And unlike cis spirits, who like they have to get really lucky if someone finds their talisman or their decaying clone bodies. Like, they can pop in and out anytime. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred years in the Star Wars future, maybe some new Force-sensitive girl or mm-hmm. person, you know, is trying to figure out this Force stuff. 
and you know, maybe Force Ghost Yoda comes and goes like, hmm, "Yes, familiar. This all is <laughs> Yoda. I am great master. I was, and you know, they can." I mean, he comes to Luke on Octo. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you know, yeah. But I, I don't think it's. A, I mean, I do wonder, like, if I, I like to just think they can appear before anybody personally. Yeah. They don't even need to know the person, but like, you know, the Jedi spirits of old can you know make contact and you know help out any future jedi um in the future mm-hmm. or the past or whatever and you know this is where my hot take is and why i like the second mm-hmm. defeat of palpatine a bit more because i really think it taps into that more cosmic this is the victory for all time because ray heard all the jedi voices because all the the true jedi mm-hmm. even mace windu is there and they're yeah. like you know we we're behind you ray you're you're all you can do this. You got this, Ray. You know you can you can defeat your grandpa. You got it. And then she does because she got all the Jedi. You know she got all the Jedi back and backing her up in in force in the force. And that's why the Jedi can ultimately always win because the Jedi will always be there, and they're almost immortal in a sense. While mm. it's like you know, I mean, yeah, sure, a future Edge Lord can find the holocrons and become Darth Edge Lord, sure. but it's like, you know, Palpatine's not going to be able to help him. He's stuck in the void, screaming forever. <laughs> and or you know, it's like maybe an ancient Sith Lord who's got a a moment helmet can like help for a few minutes. But if you take out the helmet and the helmet falls into like a pit, like well, they're not going to be that helpful. Yeah. So that is why the Jedi ultimately are the victors. Because they can become force ghosts and live forever. And that is yeah. It's a question of what are force ghosts and why are force ghosts? And the answer really comes back to, you know, why does the force say, yes, you can take on the, your personality, your personhood that you had before. Um, <laughs> you, know, you have Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice, a short story, and the New Hope Fakpov, uh, ex- describing Qui-Gon's experience of that, of saying, Oh yeah, I have this selfhood that I can now come to because Obi-Wan needs me to in that moment. If that's the thing that will spur on the character again, this is storytelling 101 here, but <laughs> it spurs on the character in the moment. And this is kind of the way the force is the storyteller in in this weird meta textual way. Mm-hmm. Then that's what'll happen. That's what the force will do. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason is why though. Why does why can Qui-Gon actually find this and figure this out? Comes back to another thing Claudia Gray wrote, the Master and Apprentice, <laughs> uh, my favorite canon novel. That wonderful line, you know, I don't follow the light because I'm going to win some cosmic game. Now, it is helpful, and it is, your point with Ray, you know, there is this uh, graphic depiction, kind of like Mortis. What happened on Exegol is sort of. Mortis-esque in that it is this this depiction of light pushing back the death. It, death. It's it's an icon. You know, the undoing of death by death, right? We have icons of the resurrection of Jesus doing having that. Um, but Qui-Gon says, you know, I don't follow the light because I'm going to win some cosmic game. I'm going to follow the light because it is the light. Because the meaning of life, the purpose of life, it is for the flourishing of life. And my the meaning of my existence is for the flourishing of life. And so, yeah, death can incorporate that. Yeah, uh, 
you know, going, landing on a this dusty planet and going and manipulating, not manipulating, but, you know, uh, helping out with the events of a pod race can, can involve, be involved in that. Going before the Jedi Council and saying, hey, look, there's, there's corruption here. There's things happening here. Uh, we, you know, we, we need to actually take action or need to, to sort this out. That can be the, for the flourishing of life. And so it's, it's even in that moment, he's already won because it, it, the, the actual game itself is life itself. And um, it goes back to the purpose of it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, that's the thing. We talk about eternal life. We talk about heaven and, and, and why, you know, and yeah, you know, Christians do believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting and, and, and all that in the, in the, the end and the beyond what's what we forget we don't quite need to grasp more is um the end you know christians also believe in a lot of other religions i think believe in this non-linear time in that the end has already come in the resurrection and that that that's located and that, that says that is where the flourishing of life is that is for the flourishing of life and therefore we we're a part of that you know, Lent is about opening ourselves up to that reality in, in ways that then requ maybe require us to, to let go of some things and to move past some things and get out of our own way. Um, you know, with Qui-Gon, you know, and this is kind of what we're saying here, is Qui-Gon had this keen sense that the Jedi were uh, had not fully grasped that anymore. Or maybe there's no golden age, maybe... In his time, he could only speak to the flaws of the Jedi in his time. And yeah, you know, Joel, to your point, often you say that's overwrought, it's overdone. Um, the story that George gives us is that the Jedi are, uh, you know, the, the, they're, you know the, the, they're kind of heroic characters. We're meant to cheer for them. We're meant to hope they succeed. But of course, as you mentioned with the, with the, the prequel trilogy, there is this downward trajectory. It is the death of the Republic. It is the death of the Jedi. Because it's it's at least the death of the Jedi as they had become, and what they had become was, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, by circumstances, by them doing their best in the moment, but simply, you know, the, the way things were, they become, you know, part of this this mechanism, this machine, to, uh, you know, for the Republic, for the sake of the Republic. And again, they're with Lena So, they're a great impetus. We are all the Republic. Let's go for life. But then they end up being part of this great clone war that deals out death, ultimately for the sake of a Sith Lord. And Qui-Gon had a sense of that. And he he spoke to that. And, you know, the, the, the part of this downward trajectory, but also the rebirth of the Order, is you know, this question of why, why did Qui-Gon have to die? Like I said at the top, you know, Obi-Wan dying, it's for Luke's story. Uh, you know, Loden dying is for Bell's story. Qui-Gon dying is in part for Obi-Wan and Anakin's story to let those flaws play out. And I was chatting with Dom yesterday and we were talking, you know, and, and this is this is related to what he was saying on Thursday about you know how, how in the narrative itself, in the story itself, how amazing would it have been? If Qui-Gon and Dooku were the same character, how much of an emotional hit? Um, but then he was, you know, acknowledging, okay, but the thing that we did get 
was the ideal Jedi. The 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 ideal that yes had to give way for the flaws with Obi-Wan and Anakin, especially to play out. But then for uh you know for for the and for the Jedi to to come to an end in you know and maybe maybe Luke was right in a little bit the Jedi as they were had to come to an end at least if they're that weak for you know at the height of their powers for let the you know a Sith Lord rise from the Empire and wipe them out um I mean, because they had that, lost but... the, you know they had lost the but they kind of lost their sense of their ability to go out and be present and that's something. I think John Jackson Miller is going to explore, and I think that's what Higher Republic is exploring. I mean, I don't actually way. agree with me, that, like, to be quite frankly. I, well, I let me, let me get to my full point. Let me get to my full point. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm but... only halfway there. I'm only I'm a three quarters of the way there. Um, did the Jedi have to end? I mean, it's it's no. Palpatine had set things in motion that they were going to, and that the flaws would overtake the strengths. Um, and but so, I don't think there are flaws, though. That's the thing. I don't think there are flaws. I don't. I mean, okay. Well, maybe we're not going to be able to agree with that because <laughs> clearly that's the story George gives us. Is, and that's the thing is Qui Gon dies because um, if he stays alive, maybe he is able to save the Jedi at that time. But and instead, you see, I don't think that's the story George has given us, though. Is he dies, but here's the thing: so Qui Gon dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story plays out as it does. But Qui-Gon, who had already, and this was my original point, and I think you can agree with this, is he is he is um, such a great servant of the light, such a great servant of life, mm-hmm. that he's then able to come to Yoda even before Order 66, right? Mm-hmm. But then certainly afterwards and say, mm-hmm. uh, okay, the Jedi were brought to their knees. The things that you know, I mean, the the relationship with the Republic and uh, how easy it was to get be part of the Clone Wars. And I know you you think, but just even the, you know, I mean, what John Jackson Miller is going to talk about being so detached and apart and speculating on, you know, how many angels Viego can dance on the head of a pin as opposed to what do the people need in the moment. And, you know, we have the, the Martez sisters, for example, or, you know, this example of... True, but I so think those stories touch. go against George's vision though i think they're not what george had in mind what we do see is him going to yoda and going to yoda afterwards and saying okay but here's how to do it you know for all time in eternal life and and here's the implications of yeah of, of being a servant of the light i mean okay i don't know about george i mean we we know again there was a reason george kills qui-gon off the story in the canon as a whole, including The Last Jedi, for example, including Clone Wars, which George had to play part in. Um, you know, again, the downward trajectory and then the upward trajectory. Right? Mm. Um, that, you know, that Qui-Gon is, and, and Obi-Wan, you strike me down, I'll be more powerful. You can imagine. Qui-Gon is able to uh, you know, influence, call more people to the light even in his death, even in incorporating death into his own way of preserving life. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's a whole other episode we're going to have to talk about. Are they flaws or are they not? What did George intend? What did George say or not? Um, you know, 
clearly, you know, the, the story we get is that the Jedi are in a position to be vulnerable to the Sith, to be vulnerable to Palpatine's plan. Um, you know, that the Republic is marred by, you know, baseless accusations of corruption, but they're not that baseless. Um, you know, Ahsoka, I mean, that's, I mean, this is a date. This is a George story. This is a Dave story. You know, I mean, that that's what Ahsoka's trial really represents is whatever, however, you know, their own motivations, they are in a position where they have to go along or they just do go along with what Palpatine wants. What Palpatine wants is Ahsoka to be convicted so that Anakin can see, <clears throat> oh, that the Jedi aren't going to, the Jedi are going to rip uh, my loved ones away from me, even if it's Palpatine ripping lo my loved ones away from me. Yeah, I they they are victims. The Jedi are victims, as much as everyone else. But anyway, Qui Gon refuses to be a victim. That's the thing. Yeah. He refuses to say, you know, uh, you know, yes, obviously he doesn't want Malda to to stab him through the heart. <laughs> you know, I don't know nobody wants that. that. <laughs> but again, the story the story we get is for him to be out of the way. Uh, again, that's again the story that George tells. Uh, it's a tragedy, and the tragic some of the tragic implications, as that Dave Filoni was referring to, right? In that, that behind the scenes thing. So, anyway, the point, the ultimate point, though, is despite that, he can come back, and he can be the one because he, you know, he isn't there, even even though he isn't there, and and it reveals. Him being gone, his absence reveals that you know Anakin has this struggle between light and dark, and the dark ultimately wins. That's a, well, that's the thing. If Qui Gon's there, this is what Dave says, right? And and learning from George, if Qui Gon's there, uh, Anakin doesn't follow the dark side necessarily. And I think um, Dave's wrong, quite frankly. Okay, maybe, <laughs> um, maybe he would have anyway. You know, I mean, it is Anakin's uh, Anakin's responsibility. I'm trying to think about your arguments are but you know it anyways the point ultimately is qui-gon being the servant of the light is able to come back and teach yoda and yoda is able to teach luke and luke's able to uh i mean luke's able in octo to to sacrifice himself for life and and who knows what influence qui-gon will have further on so anyway i've spoken a lot um i know you've, you have a lot that you think but yeah, I mean, we have time to get into it. I mean, for one thing, I actually do think Qui-Gon would have served in the Clone Wars. I think Qui-Gon's a loyal Jedi Knight through and through. Republic, Jedi, all that good stuff. Um, is he a rebel? Sure. I actually think, you know, even George himself has said that. Yeah. Um, that is true. I actually get some quotes right here about him, George, about, mm -hmm. yeah, he's a rebel. Um, I think in some ways he is kind of what mirrors Anakin in terms of, but the difference between Qui-Gon and Anakin, obviously, is... Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon's able to do what Anakin never do, and that is let go and yeah. not be selfish. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he can actually do those things. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, but, you know, also, because he's able to find the Force Ghost power, he learned it from a Shaman of the Wills, mm -hmm. apparently. Um, but why, uh, why did the Shaman actually reward him with that knowledge? Right. I would love to know that story. That's actually a good story. No, I, I just explained it. Is because he 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 is so committed to preserving life already. He's already won. 
Oh yeah, that's what I mean. So that that, that is that I agree with that for yeah. sure. Um, obviously, you know, he's like trust Yoda with this knowledge because he's like, yeah. hey Yoda, you're probably gonna need this, because uh, you know, uh, you know, he gotta gotta um, he gotta. But uh, I mean, you got to train Luke, and he's got to come back to Luke. This is, and again, I don't want to get into. I don't think we have time for the debate now. But you know, he's saying to Luke, "The greatest teacher of failure is." Oh, that, I agree with one hundred percent. Incorporate a, failure, incorporate death and loss, incorporate mm-hmm. failure. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I agree with that. Um, but I, what I mean is, I think the failure he's thinking about is the failure to prevent. Darth Sidious and the Empire. I mean, you know, well, you know, I don't know what the Jedi honestly could have done differently. Right. I mean, that's that's the the counter argument. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is a, a two hundred year trajectory. You know, including if we if we consider that that's part of what the High Republic is doing. Is I mean, trajectory. I think. Well, here's the question. I guess then, mm-hmm. yeah. does George intent actually matter then? Well, no, I'm saying whatever, you know. If it doesn't, that's point, fine. Not not on the way other storytellers explore these things. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. I don't care if they don't go with George's intent. Yeah. You know, I just think it's like we have to pick, we have to decide, like, okay, George, does what George say matter, or is it like it's gone beyond that at this point? Right. Which is fine with me. I'm 100% okay with that. I mean, I think already, even with, with Josie Hauser's one shot, uh, Age, of, Age of Republic, you know, he, he was already. He was always suggesting. I mean, that that's where he sees. I suggests that he wouldn't fight in the Clone Wars. You know, I mean, we'll never know because he because he didn't die. Right, we'll never know, and that's also part of the point. Right, we'll never know. But that's yeah. it. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Well, actually, you know, let's get, let's let's actually talk a little about Dooku and Qui Gon for a yeah. second. I, you know, on the one hand, well, I mean, here's the thing about Dooku that people I think overhero. I think not us, but I think some people do overhero worship him, but. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, visionary. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I love that line. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, did Qui Gon know about the corruption in the Senate? Yes. Yeah. But if he saw what Count Dooku was doing, he'd be like, "Nah, man, you're dark side." You know. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the Republic. Because at the end of the day, Dooku, Dooku is just a Sith Lord. At the end of the day, he is he's working mm-hmm. with cities. I mean, we know this. We saw it in Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. He kills. He kills Yaddle. Yeah. Um, you know he's already on gun ho with Sidious's machinations, and you know in in the Revenge of Sith novelization, he knows what the end game is, and that yeah. is the Empire. The Empire is the end game, and yeah. I don't. You know, I, there's no way Qui Gon would ever be behind that. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a lie. Would um, he have found a different way, or found a different type of resistance, maybe? I mean, if you know, I mean, if the empire got formed, you know, Qui Gon would be head ho in the resistance. Yeah. But I think, I do think Qui Gon would have stayed with the Republic. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Qui Gon would have stayed with the Republic debate, but I, I do generally, I do, I mean, yeah, yeah, I do generally think he's still a loyal Jedi through mm-hmm. and through. You know, he, he disagreements doesn't mean you just leave the order. I think he sticks with it, sure. um, no matter what, and maybe hopes to like. Maybe just keep tempted, but at the end of the day, it's like Palpatine probably got already twenty steps ahead of yeah what uh what he needs to do. I can see him. This is definitely a big tangent, but whatever. We're mm-hmm. we're we're done. We're done the notes. Uh, I can see him at first 
going along. I can see him getting fed up and, and worn down and saying this is just there continues to go against my my convictions that uh there are heroes on both sides evil is everywhere yeah and i think he i think he might take the barrage of hour just somehow say he can't so i mean that's that's what uh character for is, right I mean, maybe I don't know. I mean, that's that's one of those what if situations yeah. where it's like, what do you, you know, like kind of. He certainly would have pushed his luck. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, yeah. but you know, I do, I do wonder. But you know, yeah. I, but you know, I mean, he he is a loyal Republic Jedi servant. Yeah. I mean, both in Naboo when the Chancellor asked sure. him, hey, so it's like you know, he he believes in the Republic, democracy. And he isn't he isn't completely averse to using violence at this point. Oh, I mean, you know, he yeah. managed to kill the, kill the guards. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a little racist towards Jar Jar when he says the ability to speak is not yeah. human intelligence. Yeah. Um, and that may be one of the failures he reflects on. Um, yeah, we have a few que- good questions here. Oh, um, question. This is yes. just a, this is a wider question. We, we kind of we did an episode sort of about this, George versus Dave, and the actual things that they've written and said. Um, I can send you a uh, link to that on yeah. the, the Discord. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what we mean is, yeah, I mean, what George Lucas intended and what he wrote and what th- things he said about it versus everyone else, basically. And, and uh, the current canon, now that George has no say in it, really, is kind of what we mean. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's a, here's a good question. Uh, Oops, include question. I mean, I think that was the, that was the carrot. He's like, yeah, come come with me, and uh, you'll you'll live forever. Join me. You'll have unlimited power. Of course, he was lying, you know. But see, <laughs> course, did Sidious ever include Dooku with the immortality stuff? That's the question. Um, that's I mean, good... he, was, he was lying to Anakin too. Really, I mean, that's not a life. He probably would have found someone younger and more powerful than Anakin. I mean, that's what Sidious always tries to do. It's like he always tries to find who's a better apprentice. Um, obviously, he I think he did want Anakin for, like, A, he's the chosen one. It's like, get the chosen one in my pocket? Heck yeah. And obviously, you know, Anakin was vital and strong before he got all burnt up and yeah. crispy. Um, with Dooku, and I guess I'll even add Maul into this, mm-hmm. it's hard to say what he let other people know about. I mean, yeah. because... Cause I mean, I think he, I think I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to lean on the side of no, because Dooku and Anakin had different priorities. Anakin's priorities are my wife's dying, and I don't want to lose her. I want to keep the people I love close. So and yeah. so Palpatine's all like, you know, the dark side, uh, immortality is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, my this Plagueis guy. You know, he he was learning. He was doing the things. Yeah. With Dooku, it was always less of like I don't know what Dooku thought about immortality, especially mm-hmm. early on. I don't, but I think he was more about. You know, the, the, the Republic is corrupt and they're the senators and we must weed out the corruption and you know there has to be someone with a strong will and hand and, yeah you know it's like he's like what do you do? We there was also the thing of, of taking his his family money that too <laughs> and his family money but you know it's like yeah it's just like you know hey you know I agree with you too Dooku you know corruption you know it, it sucks man it, all that corruption in the Senate I hate it you know I hate it I'm Darcy <laughs> I know I Mr. Darcy hates his corruption but you know yeah. you got the force 
I got the fourth. Maybe us who see the world in a bigger light, hmm. we enlightened beings, we could certainly yeah. we can do something about this corruption, man. We can we can do something. It's gonna be hard. We might have to kill some people, but you know, we yeah. we, we can do it. So I'm gonna say I mean, whether or, whether or not cities let Dooku into like this immortality suck or this immortality stuff is just a side project for Palpatine himself, and you know, like even Vader didn't know about Exegol um, until, until he did. Until he found until, until he did. So I'm gonna kind of mean show the Night Wolf. I'm gonna kind of lean on to no yeah, myself, but it's like you know, it's a, it's a it's a light no. It's not like I maybe, but I don't think that's like Dooku's priorities in terms of yeah. his initial fall before he gets really evil. I see. What you mean it's it, it, it I, I I can see your point. It's possible. I I think. Well, getting back to our conversation, it's going to be really interesting now that they've introduced this in uh, in Tales of the Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. There, Dooku and Qui Gon on this planet. You know, how he, Dooku has this motivation to root out corruption and to say, okay, these senators are stuffing their lining their pockets while their people suffer. They're going to have to, the storytellers, if we get more stories about this, are going to have to say, okay, but he goes off the rails somewhere. And, and that's the thing, is we, we mm-hmm. only get these shorts. Mm-hmm. So we don't quite know how he goes from, uh, well, these senators are lining their pockets. Uh, well, we don't know on screen, at least. Like, how we get some senators are lining their pockets to, I'm going to kill Yaddle. <laughs> it's a little bit of And a, I'm okay well, with an empire. It's this empire. And I'm okay with this empire. I mean... Dooku Jedi Law. So that's the thing with Kevin Scott. It's the motivation is clearer. Mm-hmm. It's clearly again family money. Uh, the Jedi are keeping me from this. This is my, me, you know, my 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 daddy's gonna be proud of me by taking on the family name and the family money, all that motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I'd be curious to see how they square this, given that him and Qui Gon are different characters. Qui Gon wanted to root out corruption and stayed a loyal servant of the light. Dooku wants to root out corruption, but somehow fell to the dark. And yeah, it'll be, well, I mean, you already see the, the beginnings of selfishness, right? Like Qui-Gon's going, I want my family money too. I don't think he even cares about his family. I mean, Dooku, yeah. Yeah. But Dooku, you know, Dooku wanted his family money and there's already yeah. this, the sense of selfishness and all the little things of the dark yeah. side. Well, I mean, the reason is, is in, I mean, in, in, the the audio play oh yeah is there is this motivation of of, of the stern father and that, right. that plays into it but yeah it's road to hell is paved with good intentions as they say i mean so is the road to heaven but that's all other thing <laughs> well, i mean yeah i mean uh, but well that's like my point with quite right right he gets uh, to go to heaven pretty even if he doesn't win doesn't actually do the, the all the always do the right action he's he's turning to the light because it is the light. Right. And, you know, I I mean, you know, also, you know, to kind of go back to Qui-Gon and kind of root this back into death, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like people really overhype the whole Qui-Gon hates the Jedi Order. No, Because I he disagrees with them. Um, yeah. Because, like, if he, like, why is he then telling Yoda? It's like, hey, Yoda, oh my you know, we might have disagreed a lot on the council, but I trust you more than anything with this knowledge of immortality, because I think you deserve this, man. If he and, hated the Jedi Order, he would have just left. If he didn't care, mm-hmm. he wouldn't say anything. You I know, mean, if you if you love something, you want it to be better, right? Yeah. Although, 
you know, I, I'm sorry we're making this tangent. I'm gonna, but I, but I just saw this and I want to say it now before I forget. Um, maybe mm-hmm. Qui Gon would have left, and Palpatine would have been happy about that because, like, okay, yeah. one of Anakin's supports gone, yeah. Ahsoka gone, Obi Wan split up, Anakin's by himself. Showtime, you know, time to go dark. Time kind for... of what happened anyway, right? Right. So you know, I. You know, I mean, there, there is a universe out there where Qui-Gon has to fight Anakin, too, in a sense. You know, I mean, he's yeah. not he's not force-ghosting Vader in Mustafar's castle going, you know, he's, he's kind of, maybe. I mean, that'd be cool. I well, would, it I would, would, again, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't do anything. And so I don't know if the... You know, but he, he's, go, he's going to Obi-Wan, like, hey, Obi-Wan, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you now finally believe in me. Good, let's, let's get going. Time to trying to teach you the force-ghost stuff. Um, well, one more thing about Force Ghost, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, it's, I do, you know, I, I don't think they ever need to explain how they operate, but yeah. it is interesting that in Legends, at least in Tim Zahn's novel, Air of the Empire, so mm-hmm. the first thing, they treat the Force Ghost like actual ghosts, like, they're on this, like, last mission, in fact, like, Obi-Wan appears in Air of the Empire, and he's like, Luke, I am leaving you forever to return to the Force because my task is finished. The Emperor and Vader are dead, and you have done it. And now it's like now it's time to train the new Jedi, and I'm going to go away forever. Mm-hmm. Compared to where Canon clearly Yoda, Obi Wan, you and mm-hmm. Anakin get to show up and you know help out Luke mm-hmm. every now and then, and you know obviously Anakin, we get some Force Ghost atonement in death. Which I had notes, but I didn't mention, but that's nice. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. You know. Ahsoka season two. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Both Ahsoka season, Kenobi and Ahsoka season one. And with these Force Ghosts coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot to mention, yeah, Qui Gon comes back and the Force Ghost. I mean, we know he does eventually, but yeah. Right. You know, he's, he's like, I was always here, Obi Wan. Yeah. You just. We're not ready to see. Mm-hmm. Um, come, we have a lot to do. <laughs> I, love, I love those final moments with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. It just feels so good. Yeah, I love Qui Gon. Fun times. Uh, but um, let's see. Any? Let's see any good things here before we wrap up. I, mean, I think that's about it. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. So death. We talked about death. Death in Star Wars, from the theology to the plot to the fun. Well, not well, not fun, but I mean, interesting add, tangents, yeah. <laughs> interesting tangents. We'll, we'll have to do a Qui Gon episode. Yes, um, I love Qui Gon anyway, so that's going to be a fun time. Um, maybe around May when uh, twenty five years TPR twenty five. That actually be some fun. We should do some Phantom Menace centric yeah. episodes well, in we May. We better. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good one. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, interesting. One last thing I'll say about this, even though I got the other ticker down, like. Talk about death, but we're talking about the meaning of life and the purpose, of the the meaning of our lives, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Speculation about death is always about that. It's always really about what our lives mean, mm-hmm. and so because mm. you know the end, the word end means you know we do this in English, but Greek especially does this is something coming to an end, but also the end as in the purpose. What is your end? To what end are you doing this? Uh, to what end are you living? And and that's yeah, I and mean, that's the point of Lent is to ask that question. To what end are you living your life? So that's a great point to wrap things up. Uh thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks for all the great chats in the comments and uh, the questions in the comments. 
if you have more thoughts, more comments, please do feel free to comment below. Um, yeah, these these boxes aren't going anywhere. They'll still be there. Uh, we can't Ooh. respond to them in the moment, but we can respond to them when we can get to them. Uh, please do uh, give this uh, give this channel a follow, give this video a like, uh, give channel subscription, and give this video a like if you haven't done so already. Please do share, let us know, and share widely. Uh, spread the word. Uh, got the eye on Canon. Joe, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at course at JID2021. Again, JID2021 on Twitter. And of course, at the Ion. At Ion Canon Pod. No, I'm sorry. I was looking at the car outside oh, going really fast for a few seconds. Um, at the Ion Canon Pod on Twitter, where I have been very active with our fellow podcast friends <laughs> um, and fans. Um, and if you look at the Twitter right now, you will see a very exciting looking book that's going to hopefully come out in July. Um, which I'm looking forward to. We should we'll talk about that in news next week. We'll do, yes, we'll if we have, some, if we have, yes, we have yes. some time. So, yeah. yes, you can follow us there. And, of course, you can always catch us on the Star Wars Underworld Discord, where I will be posting stuff. In fact, this actually reminds me, uh, when I get off, I'm going to be posting, I'll post um, an old video I did for my job at Culture Slate, where I actually wrote a script on what would have happened if Qui-Gon had lived Oh, so you do have this one. answer. Great. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wrote like a what if situation yeah, that weirdly also um, still the same events happen. So, yeah, yeah you'll, I'll, I'll put that there. That tracks. That tracks. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and threads at MNEUG1138, Twitter at NEUG45, and of course at Iron Cannon Pod, E Y E O N C A N O N P O D on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Let's, I don't Please. like that view. Oopsie, sorry. Like <laughs> sorry, what happened there? Whoops. I pushed That's the wrong right. button. That's okay. Um, we, were... <laughs> we were very close. Yes. Did not. Uh, yeah. Then, of course, uh, Tractor Beam on this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, where, among other things, we're talking about Bad Batch, but usually we talk about comic book reviews. Uh, yeah, Which a... ones are these? Which comics are we doing? It's just week? ongoing number 43 this Ooh, week. Nice. So, Exciting. Uh, Charles in Charge of our days and our lives. Uh, yeah, so check that out right here on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter, and of course, Iron Cannon Twitch and Twitter as well. Um, yeah, and of course, check out the flagship podcast on this, on all these places, or just the, the Underworlds versions of them, uh, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, for, for a more, in, probably more in depth, longer breakdown of the Bad Batch episodes uh, as they do there. It's always a good time. Uh, yeah, next week, episode 100. Uh, and you know, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna celebrate the milestone. This was 99 or, or, yeah, order 99 by Batch of Clone Force 99, episode 100. We're gonna talk about The Last Jedi again because we wanna. Uh, <laughs> why not? And then, we're gonna talk uh, about it for in full this time, not yes, just we're sparsely. Gonna, yes, we're, yeah, we're gonna just go into it. Uh, we've probably done episodes on that before, but. We're gonna just dive in again because we wanna nothing nothing special marking episode 100, but that's what we'll do. We might do some other things few, further down the line. We'll see um, some special things there. And again, yeah, keep it keep it locked. Uh, check out some things changes. We'll we'll announce some bigger changes afoot, hopefully coming down the pipe. Uh, but yeah, until then, keep it locked here on the tractor beam and on flagship and on the Iron Cannon podcast. Same bat time. Same bat time. Same uh, 
Was, was those bats in um, Quest for Quest for the Hidden City? Those bat characters. Same True. same Minoc time, same Minoc channel. <laughs> uh, Mondays, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, until then, Joel, let's blow this thing and head home. Phew.